I'm gonna, I'm gonna request last for the opening. Well, that's funny because I have if you I last currently. Good. That's perfect. Oh, off his game. Yeah, I should just be first <laughs> just because you're specifically asking to go last. Nah, I'll fuck up the intro if I don't. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do either way, but it'll fuck up your intro <laughs> if I don't go last. Nothing's gonna I'm be worse than you trying to cut me off and then failing because I was already done talking. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. probably not. Awesome. <laughs> it was so <laughs> awkward from there on out, but we just kept going. It was fine. <laughs> hey, Josh, you were the only one that probably out of all of us that listened to that last episode. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> Wait, uh, which one was it? Was it the last Rumble Dumble? Yeah, Rumble Dumble Jammers, I believe. Oh, dude, I love those. Well, the intro, specifically the intro. I tried oh. to intro Andy, um, I think, and Mike tried to jump in, and then was like, oh, I fucked up. And then it was like, oh. just kept going after that. Yeah. yeah I, kept list- I kept listening after that, if, that's, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we stop. could just record us farting for two hours and you would listen. I don't know. <laughs> You'd be like, they're going to start talking. <laughs> Any minute now. It's Any minute minute now. That sounded literally like a line from the movie Airheads. <laughs> Brendan Fraser gets all pissed off at Judd Nelson when they're trying to do their live concert and he doesn't power their instruments because he wants them to just pantomime and lip sync. And Brendan Fraser yells at him, for all you care, our next album could be Pip farting on a snare drum. <laughs> yeah, and Pip goes, I ain't farting Fart- on the snare, snare drum, snare man. Drum. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Yes. <laughs> Nobody in my life, in any capacity, appreciates this movie whatsoever, let alone could recall that, that <laughs> easily. Thank you, sir. It's an awesome Who movie. Who doesn't love airheads? Really That's crazy. You just made Josh's night, so you can do no wrong the rest of the night. <laughs> Lights his ass with his record contract. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> Alright, has anyone. Has, uh, Brian, or, Andy just shot up to the top of Josh's <laughs> top super friend list. Airheads is an excellent movie. It really it is. It really is. It holds yeah, up. It okay, there, there's some things that date it in terms of, like, obviously, like uh, the, the mediums, like talking about CDs and cassettes and, and the, some of the technological. But in terms of enjoyability and just the performances, that movie holds the frick up. Oh. Yeah, they, they, there's some of those older '90s movies that still hold up every time you watch Definitely. them. Definitely. All right, can we start a new segment instead of like it? Not it doesn't it doesn't have to be never seen that. It would just be like these are cool. Let's sit around and watch movies we like. <laughs> so I was waiting for more of a title. <laughs> Wait for more <laughs> of that. Was, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Josh Zorch. I am happy that I finished dinner before we started. <laughs> it's always a plus. And rounding out, Mike Bradley. Thanks for putting me last. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I Lately, I have been 
introing with a little bit of a uh, preview for the Jeopardy game. I'm going to do that real quick before I get to one other thing. Um, so I'm going to reveal two more categories for you guys here. And category one is movies that are based on books. And category two is Don't Look at Me, You Said It, which is going to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe quotes category. Ooh. Uh, um, I'm a, I like that category. <laughs> if, all right, so if, if movies based on books, like let's say that appears in round one of the game, in round two, is there a books based on movies category? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut you down. Seems right a little away. inequitable. <laughs> well, you know, finding out that I don't know that there was a Star Wars A New Hope book made entitled Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, and I can't come up with a clue in my own brain. I can't come up with something that says, name me the book that was based on Star Wars A New Hope. It could be uh, challenging us on what the differences are in the novelizations of films. Cause oh, shit, the we don't fail. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds difficult. <laughs> I will keep it in mind. I did not use that as a category, but I will keep it in mind for next time. Keep in mind, he's going to be the one that takes the time to make these questions, which we'll have to see how much time he wants to invest in the stuff. <laughs> I've put a how lot mu- of time how much in so more, far. How much more time you want to invest in this? Because I don't want to take away from the time you've invested already. I, You know what? I've put a good bit of time in on that and the other thing we have discussed. Um... Which, uh, I'll show you in a second. Uh, actually, I can do this here real quick. Let me see if it actually shows up. But we actually have... I don't know if you can even see it, but it's a game board. That's a Jeopardy, <laughs> that game, Jeopardy board. game board. That is a Jeopardy game board. Jeez. That is that is double Jeopardy for you there. And I have the single Jeopardy game board. and I've got it all set up. Like It's it's there. I just have to find little like post-it notes or something to put over the ones that are selected. And I'm all set. But... I am I am prepared for this to be an epic train wreck, but I'm excited. <laughs> I you know what? I think it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a good time with it. That said, I am going to finish my intro out here with a new short segment that I wanted to introduce. It's called Words I Will Never Say Normally Again, Thanks to Movies. Uh we're gonna go with a couple here. Um I have many on this list, but I'm gonna go with a a, a, a double header here from one Severus Snape. Um, and, of course, there's two words that you just... Once you hear Alan Rickman perform these words, I don't. I can't personally... I can't say, obviously, the same way ever <laughs> again after having seen that movie. Nor can I say, always, any different mm. than the way that he does. It just, it doesn't work in my brain. If I'm reading it, if I'm saying it, if I'm hearing it, I always just hark back to that. Um, Even if that, the the amazing part about the obviously poll is it only happens once in eight (laughs) movies Yeah, in this most like subtle throwaway moment of a scene. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And and that's, you know what this means is if it's words, he'll never say again. If he says it on the podcast, someone has to call him out on it. Ah, okay. I like that. Get demerits. <laughs> if you say obviously well, or always, we're gonna have to yell at you. Well, here's the point I'm making: is that it's not always is necessarily the like... way I'm gonna say it. 
but it's still gonna register in my brain when I say it. Like, I don't know, it's just one of those things, like... Another example from the list is from Clerks. 37? I can't <laughs> see the number 37 without thinking about, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. I can't... In a row? <laughs> yeah, in, in a row? <laughs> I, I, I can't not deal with that number and think of that scene. <laughs> so I think if he sort of had not also kind of embraced... I mean, because he picked that number probably because it's ridiculous, but also it was also like already his favorite number for some reason. He liked that number. Um, and so it kind of reappears at, at different places and like it was the number on his hockey jersey that he wore for a long time. It might still be every time he switches one up. Talking um, about sick Kevin Smith? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, took that took took that for granted. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think if, if, like, if it hadn't been that he kind of kept it uh, relevant to his work and to himself just coming from the movie I probably wouldn't have retained it that much uh, the first time I saw that it, it was to me the funniest moment in the movie and <laughs> I it just stuck it's there permanently it's never it's never leaving and I'm okay with that <laughs> well that's that's how we earn that explicit tag on on iTunes. <laughs> Put it up there just for safekeeping, but yeah. Let's see, one of the first five minutes of the episode, when we get it out there, it's always good. Yeah. Uh, all right, so on tap for this one, we haven't actually done a headline episode for a couple weeks, so it seemed like a good time to catch up on some new stories. Um, but before we get into that, we all wanted to sort of take a moment and mention that the, the world lost a legend this week. Stan Lee passed away at the age of 95. He just, will always be remembered as an icon. Ninety six. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He will go down as an icon, visionary. His creations will outlive us. So it seemed like a good way to open the show, just sort of mentioning that, and then we thought it kind of be fun to talk about our favorite Stanley cameo from all of his appearances. Since the MCU will never be the same without him. Of course, we we probably have a couple more in the bag. I'm sure he filmed a couple more. Uh, from from what I've heard, his the the next three upcoming films were filmed for his cameo. Okay, so we'll so, see him a couple more times. So yeah. that's probably what Captain Marvel, the rest of Infinity War, and the next Spider Man. Mm -hmm. That that is I what I had yeah. read is that those three were filmed already, because all three of are them are finished filming. Like they're all right. all three are done. You know, he might have, potentially, it depends on when they did, he might have already done one for Dark Phoenix, or, um, well, Dark Phoenix is actually... He, ha he now, hasn't typically, he's been off and on with those X-Men movies. He has, he has. I'm just thinking, like, anything Marvel that might be coming over the next ten months, potentially. He could, well, actually, well, you know what, Dark New Mutants, if he did a cameo in New Mutants, because right. that's been around forever. Yeah, that was actually supposed releasing. to be out this past April. It was supposed um, to be up before that, even. Yeah, was, so uh, that was he might have done some of that kind of stuff too. Let's hope. Let's hope he he they found ways to fit him in all I'm, of it. I'm sure they have lots of stock footage still. I hope if they want to yeah. keep doing them just for the hell of it. So let's go around the horn. Favorite uh, Stanley cameo? Anybody? Any volunteers? I'll I'll volunteer. Um, just because I'm sure somebody else is going to say it, and I'm getting it out there first. Captain America: <laughs> Civil War. Uh, yep. the, the Tony Stank. 
uh, cameo <laughs> is absolutely my favorite. Um, it, to me, it, it's it's perfect. I can't, you know, it, because it, I think a uh, thing I watched recently pointed out that in other Iron Man cameos, he gets mistaken for people. I'm not going to get into it too much, but for yeah, him yeah, to come yeah. back at the end of Civil War and mistake Tony and get his name obviously wrong, uh, it's just <laughs> fantastic. It's always the one I feel like that comes to mind. Like when you ask people for Stanley cameos, that seems to be the one everybody remembers. It's really strong. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, it's tough to get past the comedic level that brought in at the end of a very heavy ending oh, to Civil fair. War. Yeah. 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 The whole second half of that movie was was pretty. Uh, I want to say intense per se, but it's like action, action, action. People betray. People betray. People fight. <laughs> oh no! What happened? Shit went bad. Tony Stank. <laughs> uh, Josh, you want to go next? Yeah. Um, I I think maybe I'll just grab like two that, that are kind of tying in my mind coming up quickly. Like that come to mind quickly. Um, on the one hand, I am super, super glad. I don't care if, if it was not in a place where real people were and if nobody was naked at the time, whatever. I absolutely love his appearance in Deadpool at the strip club. I was wondering where you're going with that, where no one was naked at the time. I didn't <laughs> know where that story was going. If 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 he, you know, as a whatever he was, like 93 mm. maybe at the time filming it, 92, 93, even if an old, someone that old didn't get to be in a room full of naked people probably in their 20s, just the fact that that's the context that he was able to be put in. Um, All you have to do I'm is watch that him. cameo and realize <laughs> that that was Stanley's favorite cameo. <laughs> <laughs> he, he put a, he put a lot. Uh, there was there was very little acting that had to go into yeah, right. uh, being enthusiastic <laughs> that Chastity was coming on next. <laughs> um, I would say I, I I maybe like my tied for second favorite. Um, I do like. Guardians 2, where he's talking to the Watchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About his, his cameos. Yes, yeah. about the fact that they kind of, you know, finally say, guess what? We're we're kind of pulling the curtain back. That is the same guy who appears Solidified everywhere. Stanley as a supreme being. Yes. yes. As far as the MCU is concerned. Yes. He's an agent um, of the Watchers. I am, uh, I'm sad that, uh, he did not make it long enough to appear in another Fantastic Four, given that that was mm. such of like the turnaround of Marvel Comics, the company, the launch of every, basically everything that came afterward for them. Um, he did it. He did appear in the two Fantastic Four movies that Jessica Alba and Chris Evans were in. Uh, he did not appear in the 2015 one and i'm very glad about that <laughs> um but the fact that like his you know it, it's cliche i know to say but to say like his first family uh that he created and, and turned marvel around and everything they had just gotten them back yeah but it wasn't in enough time for him to you know where like all the toys are back together like they really yeah. they're only yeah. missing like one or two components fully under the roof um looking at you spider-man but uh 
you know, it was it was close. It was really close, but uh, that's a bummer. But uh, I think, you know, there's so many to pick from that he gave us a lot to still be happy with. Well, there's been 18 MCU, or 19. 18 or 19. What are we up to now? MCU movies. I think Infinity War was 18? Okay, Might so have we have at least 20. 18 appearances, not counting all the X-Men movies that he showed up in. Fantastic in, Fours. Yeah, the Spider-Man uh, movies. So he's got to be up before, over yeah. 25 appearances. 25 to 30. Daredevil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the highest grossing person ever to be in films. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just narrowly um, edging out Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, narrowly. Uh, Andy, you got a favorite? Mine's pretty simple. Um, probably one that you wouldn't guess either, but uh, Tobey Maguire's original Spider-Man, where he pushes the girl out of the way of the falling. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or pulls her oh, out yeah. of the way. Mm-hmm. He gets his own hero moment. Yeah, he kind of like saves her. Yeah, he saves her. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads... I'll I'll let Brian go. I'm not going (laughs) to... Um... Two two of them come to mind. I guess. I'll I'll steal from Josh and take two. Um, the first one that I I still absolutely love is the one from the first Amazing Spider Man, where he's the librarian with headphones on, and all the <laughs> yeah. action and shit is happening behind him, and he is completely oblivious to what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the second one that always comes to mind for me is from Winter Soldier, when he yes. is the security guard at the museum and realizes that Captain America's suit is stolen <laughs> on his watch. Yeah. I am so. Yeah, that's the one. Yes. Um, so those are those are mine. It, what I was going to say about Andy's suggestion is that it, it leads to, if I had a second, uh, like you guys took, I would say Spider-Man 3. Um, he does the same thing in Spider-Man 2, saving uh, a woman. And when um, Sp- Peter runs into him in Spider-Man 3, it, it's a very simple line of dialogue, but it was very fatherly of Stan to say, you know, he just kind of looks at Spider-Man, you know, I guess one man can make a difference. And oh, That's a good one to end on, yeah. And even as horrible as Spider-Man 3 was, it, I think that's a very telling statement about Stan Lee himself. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to cap that off. Um, Alright, so we're going to move into the bulk of the show, I think, now. We have uh, five headlines to cover. As usual, we've got a mix of DC and Marvel. It's kind of the way we do it around here. Try to try to give equal footing to both. Uh, so we're going to open with... This is actually one I think Josh brought to my attention. I think I was peripher- peripherally aware of this movie. And I think Josh posted something on the Facebook page earlier in the week that is worth talking about. Um, this is another DC film that... I, I think it's some. It has to be in the pipeline now because they're casting people, but their their movie slate keeps changing, so it's hard to keep track of what the hell's going on. Uh, but this is DC's Birds of Prey. Um, now this movie should not be confused with the rumored Gotham City Sirens movie, which we may have talked about like a year or two ago. That movie was supposed to see Harley Quinn team up with Catwoman and Poison Ivy. David Ayer at one point was attached to direct that movie, but with all of DC's restructuring, that movie seems to have silently went away. So I don't know if that's canceled or still in development. That's anyone's guess, really. But as far as for Birds of Prey, I don't know if that's taken the spot then of Gotham City Sirens, but that one seems to be moving forward. So we have a scheduled release date for Birds of Prey of sometime February 2020. Uh, We have a synopsis. 
that says, After splitting up with the Joker, Harley Quinn, and three female superheroes, Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya come together to save the life of a little girl from an evil crime lord. And thanks to some confirmed casting, we have a couple characters nailed down. So Margot Robbie is obviously returning as Harley Quinn. We have Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as the Huntress. Yay! Uh, I'm going to maybe butcher this name. Journey Smollett-Bell as Black Canary. Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. And recently announced Ewan McGregor will be the Black Mask, which is probably the crime lord referred to in the synopsis. So I know Josh is excited about this. So let's start with him. Josh, what do you think about this movie and this cast? Um, well, okay, so on the one hand, I have to continuously get a certain taste out of my mouth when I hear the phrase birds of prey because when I was in college, I did find online somewhere, like still in the days of, I don't know, like LimeWire or something. Talking uh, about that TV show? Birds of Prey, yes, that aired in like 2001, I think. I used to watch that when it was on. And that had to do with an alternate DC Universe uh, storyline in which uh, Batman and Catwoman have a daughter, and that, I believe, is the Huntress. That's where that version of the Huntress comes from, I believe. Uh, I don't think they're going that route uh, this time. There are different incarnations of that character, or at least that is the name Huntress. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad to see that DC might be finding heavy hitters that have a lot of real chops. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were, there were some positive casting aspects to something like Suicide Squad. Like, I could probably pull three or four people out of there who, like, in their roles, did well and, and whatnot. But it was a freaking train wreck. The one movie that had a fun Jai Courtney in it. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> of the most silly character that had barely any screen time anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I think Margot Robbie was probably already somewhat under contract for a certain number of these DC movies. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and... I'm a huge Mary Elizabeth Weinstead fan, obviously, uh, but she's not, I don't think, in like an, a household name, per se. But yeah. honestly, like, Ewan, Ewan McGregor is the big get here. For, for a villain that I don't really feel like, at least from my knowledge, does not make a very big impact in, like, DC villain lore. Like, I don't know much about the Black Mask. He doesn't stand out to me as being someone that is memorable, I guess. I, I think he's kind of not really much different from Carmine Falcone and Salvatore Moroni. So um, just a gangster. Yeah. It, but he owns Sionis Industries, which you played Arkham Knight, Arkham right, City, yeah, so yeah. you have a lot of context on that. But they're a front, essentially. But it's a major industrial operation. Um. But I mean, and like for for a villain to attract you and McGregor, like I don't know what's in that role that attracted him to sign up for this. Don't ask questions like that. Shh. No, I'm not. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering. Like to me, that's a good sign that the, he's got to read something or know something that the, there's some meat to be had there in the role. Yeah. So that alone makes me excited. And I didn't mean to cut you off mid thought. Mike, if you were going, I, I was just gonna say like the the other thing that um, 
maybe doesn't get around as much because it's not in every timeline, but in most timelines, um, the accident that turns the Joker into the Joker occurs at Sionis Industries. Um, doesn't occur because of the Black Mask or anything like that. Right. But it does happen on in that location. Um, yeah, it'll so. be interesting to see, too, because we don't know with all of, again, with DC's restructuring, is this movie part of a connected universe? Is it standing alone? Do these characters plan to cross over? Well, I guess it has to if, Mar- if they're bringing Margaret Rob- Robbie back. Yeah, I would say something has to cross over. Because they, the, even the synopsis, I guess, refers to her leaving the Joker, so it's, you know, post-Suicide Squad. Um, Andy, anything to add? Excited for this movie? What do you think of the cast? Uh, I've always been a fan of Rosie Perez. See, that's a name I don't really know who that is. What <laughs> has she been in? White Men Can't Jump all the way through, like... Uh, I mean, from Pineapple the name, Express. I don't recognize. I was going to say, did you see Pineapple Express? I did. No, those are to... my two references on the comments. <laughs> White Man Can't Jump and Pineapple Express. Yes. I'm just going to have to do like a Google search on a picture and I see was, if that They're the only two that. like off the top of my head that I can... Yeah, she was in that movie. Um, I can't remember what the movie was. But Nick Cage was a cop and gave the lottery ticket to the waitress. Oh, um, it could happen to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Rosie Perez was the shitty, <laughs> shitty uh, ex-girlfriend or current girlfriend turned ex. Oh, she called. was. You're right. Yeah, she never really plays like the major role in, uh, in things. Okay. She's always yeah, like she a looks familiar, but bit part kind of thing. I I don't think I'd be able to pull her out of a lineup and be like, "Yep, oh, yep, it's her." The the thing I don't know is who's the character. I don't recognize the character's name. Yeah, and they said three superheroes and then listed her. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a superhero. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Montoya used to. She was a detective, thing? I think, for for like Gotham PD. Okay, but so right, I don't think she's a. Yeah, I don't know why they consider her a superhero. She's not in a costume or anything. See, like that, that that's what I thought, and that's what confused me is because they're like a superhero, and I'm like, what superhero did Montoya turn into? Yeah, it was, I was trying to like rack my brain. Like, did she turn part into of me wants some? To, so I just, was Montoya part of the animated series? I feel like she was. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I just I, I after I saw that headline, I did same thing. I did a little bit of a, a wiki search. Um, so she, I was it was like Harley Quinn actually, which is like a really good pairing. It was a character that was conceived for the animated series, introduced into comics because of that and whatnot. Um. And this is only so. So she later, I guess, does take up. Uh, she takes over the identity of another villain, I guess. Or I, uh, well, I don't know if you call these superheroes or villains. Really, I mean, they kind of are. I mean, Harley Quinn is an anti-hero at best. Yeah. Um, I feel like the same could be said about the Huntress. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So. At some point in one of the incarnations of DC Comics, one of their lines, whatever, uh, she takes over the identity of the question. Oh. And this is a character I'm only familiar with because for years, every time someone would ask him, because uh, un- inevitably people always ask him, uh, they would ask Kevin Smith, 
what character would you like to see put into live action? Um, and he very, very frequently said the question. Uh, so that's the only reason I have any familiarity with the name at all. I don't really know anything about the character per se. And Renee Montoya would actually be, you know, that character is basically the second incarnation of the question. She's taking over for someone else afterwards. So that might right. be where she ends up. But in this version, who knows? She might, you know, she might remain in detective capacity for a long time. Yeah, I feel like from what I remember from animated series, there was always like Detective Bullock, who was the dirty kind of cringy cop. And then yeah. there was Montoya, who was the really blue collar detective. Mm-hmm. And and I would expect, just given due to Rosie Perez's age at this point, that she's probably not going to do the superhero aspect, supervillain yeah. aspect, unless it's a very passive role. Because she's got to be 50-something, I would guess. It just doesn't seem like the right age for somebody to start taking on an yeah. action role, because she's never really done, yeah, like, fight scenes ever. That I recall. Yeah, I don't even know 54. about the actress for for Black Canary either. I've Journey never Smollett. heard the name. I have, I have no idea who the hell that is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see if anything comes. Up. I didn't do my research and look at IMDb before. I got the <laughs> the names of the people. I didn't look to see what else they were part of. <laughs> she's she's got a lot of credits. Um, anything familiar? A lot of television, so I think it's going to depend on, like, did you happen to be fans of such and such show? Um, like, she was on True Blood for, like, 20 episodes, Parenthood, um, Friday Night Lights, previously, a couple of Grey's Anatomy. Um, but yeah, I was very completely unfamiliar with her as well. Yeah, you just named She's... shows that I passed on completely. So. Oh, no shit. She was on Full House. Like the original. <laughs> <laughs> she played Denise Frazier in 13 episodes from 1992 to 1994. Wait, was that Michelle's friend? Might have been. I don't know. Oh, she was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> as, the, as the same character. It was a crossover. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, she's, then. she's been around for a while, it seems. Alright. Yeah, she has a credit listed for the Defenders. I was like, wait a minute, she was on the Marvel Netflix show? No, it's yeah. the Defenders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did the same thing, double take. <laughs> it's a courtroom drama. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea, I'm just... I, that's my guess. It's <laughs> a, the, all the episode titles have, like, so-and-so versus... Okay. So you might be right on the money. Not knowing anything about the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think, you know, we'll have to keep our eyes on this, because I think the cast alone warrants some further investigation. Yeah, it, I mean, as soon as you sign up you and McGregor to be your villain, you've got my attention. Add yes. Mary Elizabeth Winstead in any role, you've also got my attention. Well, what's going to be funny, too, is Black Mask wears a black mask, so they're going to put you and McGregor <laughs> in a mask the whole time? Not necessarily. Well, the other thing is the mask in some iterations comes off. In other but iterations, they... it's stuck. Yeah, okay. So he so puts I, I it on. I imagine we're still going to see you and McGregor's face. We're not going to just put him in the mask the whole time. Yeah, I don't think he's definitely. He's probably the most expensive person on in that cast. Oh, um, easily. 
Well, I don't know how much Margot Robbie draws now. Like she's oh, that's true. But I don't know what she draws, but he's probably yeah. the most expensive in that cast. I don't see him being behind a mask the whole time. Yeah. Well, we got a while to wait. February of 2020, assuming that date sticks. So we got a while to go before we see any type of trailer or anything like that. They haven't even announced, I don't think, a writer or a director yet for this. So it's I don't know how fast they're, they're going to fast track this now that they have a cast, but something's got to be coming together. So we got to start hearing mother news soon. Yeah, uh, there, there is a director. Is uh, there? Yeah, Kathy Yan. Yan, Yan. Y-A-N. Uh, okay. Let me see what I can grab on her in two seconds. See, again, if I would have done my research, because I was on the fucking page <laughs> for Birds of Prey, and then I went off uh, to, to go down the rabbit yeah. hole. No, you know what? Uh, maybe DC is is uh, branching out and giving some... New blood. Sort of unknowns. Yeah, some new blood. She has... Uh, this is only her fifth director credit overall. She has three shorts and a movie from this year called Dead Pigs. Dead right. Pigs. Well, we got That's it. nothing uh, to go on. Yeah. Zazie Beats from Deadpool was in was in Dead Pigs. But it mostly looks like a a very like Chinese cast, but uh, but I think it was like an English movie. Um, but yeah, so they're they're expanding, they're branching out. Interesting. Good for them. Definitely. Yeah, we'll see if it pays off because they they're hit or miss. I think with a lot of these movies. All right, so we'll want we'll to come back around to this one later you, on. You said you said the the release date was for when? I I think IMDb told me February seventh of twenty twenty. Oh, okay. See, maybe they're they're being smart and grabbing that February date we've been talking about so often. This is also like you know year and a half, two years away. So whether or not that date sticks, yeah, I, true. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be smarter to try to hold that date, but we'll have to see if they yeah. stick to it. Oh, I, w- I also note really quickly that the only person uh, who is credited so far as a screenplay writer is a woman. So, okay. as in my opinion, as we have seen female writers and creators and directors try to bring these more woman-centric properties to screen in the last few years, I think that's proven to be a wise move. Yeah. Female led cast, female director, female screenwriter. Yeah, oh, checking off all the boxes. Uh, but uh, the screenwriter also wrote Bumblebee. And that hasn't come out yet, and that looks like one of the better Transformers movies. Granted, the bar is low, it, but yeah, I will say from the trailers, it looks like if she wanted to write a part well for Haley Steinfeld, Steinfeld, whatever, the the part that gets written for the young woman is probably going to be well done. Yeah. But uh, she's also attached to write the Batgirl screenplay, if they ever move forward with that again, since Joss with Whedon the TV show. left. No. Uh, the a, a Yeah, a feature. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking... <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one hell of a casting. Bring her back for that. Oh, Get God. her in a good Batman movie. It'd be great if they still had like a 20-year contract obligation <laughs> out there like they did with Billy D. Williams for Two-Face that they had to buy Alicia Silverstone out in order to recast <laughs> that role. Uh, the stuff you'll never hear about. I hope that's true. 
uh, all right, so sticking with DC, we're going to move yeah. on to this is this is old news, I think, at this point, but it's something we never actually covered or talked about. Uh, the writer director of Guardians of the Galaxy, who was unceremoniously let go from Disney over ten year old tweets, has now been scooped up by Warner Brothers in DC. James Gunn has been hired to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2. We have no official word on which characters are returning. I'm assuming Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and Will Smith's Deadshot will be back. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors, I think, pointing at this sequel sort of being a re- reboot of sorts, at least maybe for the team. So we'll have to see, you know, other once we start hearing more details how this sort of shakes out. But thoughts on James Gunn coming over to DC for Suicide Squad? I love how they're already calling it a fucking reboot. <laughs> yeah, like they had this one. Is... Mo- there was only one movie, and they're like, "Fuck that! Reboot it! Reboot it!" <laughs> well, like, again, these are these. Are, nothing from Warner Brothers is saying reboot. These are just articles that people are writing, assuming they're going to reboot based on what they think they're hearing. I mean, so it, until they say this is the cast of Suicide Squad two. After watching Suicide Squad, it's probably a good idea that they reboot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, just, I just think it's kind of funny. I feel like it's kind of like, uh, we signed Cara Delevingne to be in the film. We fucked up. We're sorry. We're not going to do that again. <laughs> oh, God. Enchantress made me want to vomit every time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, I stand... Why do you have that bag of popcorn for the vomit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I stand by what I said back when I think we did the first review of this movie. Take her as the villain out and put a completely different villain in. And we're working with something. Put something completely different in all the different plot holes because the heroes in the movie, yeah, Jai Courtney and was a little cringe. The Killer Croc thing, I was not happy with personally, but Will Smith, Margot Robbie, and I don't know the guy's name, um, or the character's name. Is it Inferno? Oh, oh, the fire dude. The fire dude that we're yeah. looking at. Yeah. Diablo. Wasn't it Diablo? Diablo. Yeah. yeah th- th- I I thought all three of them were fantastic. Um, And I, I think they could have had so much better had they just been like... Had somebody at some point said, why are we signing on somebody that's not more than a model to be our main villain? Um, Somebody who has no acting credits to their name in a positive light whatsoever we're signing on to be the anchoring villain in this movie yeah that means they hired her to wiggle like that's it yeah i did somewhat enjoy her in the um valerian movie yeah i don't mind her in valerian um i think because i like the universe they created there so much i can just watch that and i i really like that movie now but but every time she did her little little Jiggle like you said. <laughs> Vomit. Vomit the, popcorn. The, the Enchantress Hula Dance. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good description. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it... So if it's a reboot, so be it. If it's not and it's a sequel, throw in some One like, way or other, teasing I guess, apology about it. I guess the, the bigger question is do you think James Gunn can fix Suicide Squad? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, no. Because I think I think they're acknowledging no that Suicide Squad one did not live up to expectations. So whether this is a reboot or a sequel that goes in a different direction and takes those same characters somewhere else, it's they're trying to do something different to win people back to this franchise. They're basically taking a slightly different form of Guardians of the Galaxy and saying, "Here, James, do it," because yeah. you're talking yeah. about 
you know, the same type of thing. A group of, you know, down on their luck out, you know, ragtag villains in Suicide Squad versus, well, basically the same thing. Breaking out of jail and going on their way in Guardians. So... I I think the the nice thing about working with Suicide Squad is that it can like that idea is fluid. Guardians of the Galaxy is here is your team. That's a that's a title and it's a name of a team, but it is a specific. It's a team. It's a it's a it's a moniker that reflects a specific gathering of people, a specific grouping of people. Suicide Squad is to me more of an idea. So you don't have to have the same seven or eight people that were involved you don't have to bring katana back or diablo or croc uh, right right um, yeah. or boomerang you can make up whatever grouping you want because the suicide squad is the idea of the government using blackmailing extorting however you want to call it these horrible people to do something that they need done and they don't want to expend you know quote-unquote better people for it right um and i think they could easily get around that i think that what they need to avoid is like you don't need a nine person team (laughs) you don't need croc and boomerang and rick flag and katana and diablo and what's his face that adam beach played for 13 seconds before he died um well that's the thing if they're going to expand the team to that big you got to kill half of the team by the end of the movie uh, right like people should just be there for cannon fodder Right, but then right, but then that makes for shallow characters. And, well, that's true too. And you yeah. you could have a you could have a team of six people, and yeah, maybe one or two of them at least get knocked off at some points. But James Gunn is really good at making you care about everybody he puts on screen. Yeah, from uh, uh, from Peter Quill to that guy on Xandar that runs the. Uh, like the the souvenir shop or whatever you want to call it that deals with all the the rich people with the with the crazy eyebrows and whatnot. <laughs> like you care about the fate and the well being of that guy. He is that good. So I, I I think he can make you care about people that you're supposed to hate. Yeah, and I and I think personally, given what the first film was. Nobody will give a shit if he changes characters completely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one's like, gonna blink. Like Deadshot and Harley Quinn, people will probably want left alone. But if the rest of the characters that were in it are completely different, nobody's going casting. to notice or care. Cast casting, makeup, everything. Like the the way the character acts and is, nobody's gonna care. You can you can restart those characters, and people are not going to mind. I don't think I'm personally going in. I don't give a shit if there's continuity with that first one or not. True. I I was just thinking that I I don't necessarily care if there's continuity, but I don't think it's difficult to work with it. No, I don't think it's necessarily. I think tough you could easily pick Harley it up and, and, and run Deadshot. from there. You don't have to go out of your way to try to ignore it or. Or, or avoid it. You just don't need to oh. hang anything important on that fact. I think it would actually be pretty funny if he acknowledged it and sort of made fun of it. <laughs> you know? Like, crack, crack a few, like, Suicide Squad 1 jokes. You know, have Will Smith yeah. drop a few one-liners where you're like, ah, that movie did suck. 
put a proper killer croc in that says, nah, I ate that bitch from the first one. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, see, I think I think they could. Okay, that's a really good idea. I like that. But I don't know if they need to go like the Deadpool route with it where they acknowledge like that was a movie. But they could alter words to do the same thing. Like instead of saying like from the first one, they could say like from that last mission. Yeah. Yeah. That like guy. remember Boomerang from that last mission? <laughs> what a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that liked Boomerang? I actually really I liked him. I think you're the only movie. one that liked Boomerang. <laughs> I so Brian, you saw. I know you saw that movie at least twice because you came and saw it with Sarah and I after you had already seen it. Yeah, I only watched it once that time. I haven't seen it <laughs> since, so it's been two and a half years. I haven't watched it. I, I mean, I also haven't watched Fantastic Four more than once. But and there's reasons for that. <laughs> Um, I, I, I feel actually, like recently, within the last month or something, Suicide Squad has been on TV. Like, I've caught it on TV here and there. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually own it, personally. Did, did um, someone give it to you as a gift? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I think raffle? for me it's a collection issue. <laughs> Was it in it's one, one of those claw machines? Like, yeah, I, can't, claw machine. I can't help myself, but when like a superhero movie's there, I can't just help myself and be like, I gotta have it too, even if I never watch it. I still have a copy of Daredevil. On DVD I, that I haven't gotten okay. rid of. I have Ghost Rider. I have Punisher Warzone, for fuck's sake, on DVD that I still haven't gotten rid of. All right, I will say that I I never bought those originally back in the day, but I did buy Daredevil for like $2 a year ago when there was a big sale at Half Price Books or something. I've had my copy of Daredevil for over a decade. All right, Mike, do you own Electra? Yes. Wow. Wow. It look, honestly, in my adult life <laughs> I would watch life, that to look at Jennifer Garner. Don't blame him. <laughs> fair point. In my adult life, I, mean, I don't believe there is a that. That there is a Marvel movie that was made that I don't own with the exception of the last Fantastic Four movie that I still That was going to be my next question. <laughs> um, that was that one I protested from day 1. I <laughs> protested that from day 1. I'm I'm like I'll watch it and I'll do the show whenever we decide to finally get around to that. I'll yeah, absolutely about that do for it. Three years. We need to fucking do that at some point. Yes, we we need to get that done. Or I, we, I, we can do a scene it if you want. I'll just watch it, yeah. and we can do a scene oh, yeah, it instead do, rather than get together. I don't think Romano still hasn't seen it. Yeah, there was. I was just to say, there's definitely somebody else that we were trying to get to watch it that hadn't seen it. I think, I think Romano is that original, one. The original one who mentioned it. That you know, I think when we were recording the fiftieth episode. In, yeah, so that was probably like two years ago. Uh, yeah, like mid to late. Yeah, like the I think it was like the spring or summer of 2016. That came up. Yeah, so that, yeah, that idea has been festering around there for like two and a half. Who years. reviewed that with me? Was it Josh or Andy? It like had to be Andy because I didn't see okay. it at the time. I didn't see it for a long time. Oh, I think we Andy. just bored the shit out of that. Fucker. We shot. Oh, I remember because like it was hours. it was yeah. the two of you and Eric. I don't know if Eric, was Eric on there. I, I don't do believe Eric, Eric was on, on there. Yes, because is he? Isn't that the episode where he like permanently earned the reputation of hating something, and then in the end was like, "I'll give it a seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think it came from that. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I hope he listens to this. It's be great. <laughs> It's not a number one. That's that's not a dig. I mean, his positive life outlook is <laughs> absolutely admirable and needs to be emulated by more people, especially myself. Um, but to say, hey, I have remembered 
that contribution for this long. <laughs> Loyal listener, that's what I'm saying. I hype you up every episode, Josh. Well, I mean, and, and that, <laughs> that, that was something that came, you know, from him. He gave us that. <laughs> Props to Eric. Yes. Shout out to one of our three listeners. <laughs> um, I feel like we got off topic, and I don't know where I want to steer this to after. Oh, um, the the articles that I read do not list James Gunn as directing this. Do you think he'll come around and direct this movie? I hope so. Think, for yeah, the sake I mean, of it. you you got to assume they would love him to direct as well. I mean, he's he's wonderful at directing his own scripts. Yeah, I mean, from Slither to the Guardians movies. Um, I mean, he's written a lot that he hasn't directed, but he's really good at directing his own material. So you got to think right. he's uh, that they would want him, right? Well, I'm assuming they're shop- they're backing up a truckload of money at him right now. <laughs> so I don't know why he wouldn't take it. I think this would be a great way for him to get back in the limelight after everything that went down. And really, if he's holding any type of grudge towards Disney and Marvel, this is a big fuck you to Marvel if he comes back with Suicide Squad 2. To outgross some sort of Marvel movie or something like that. You know, honestly, if they put it right up against Guardians, I would go and see Suicide Squad two instead of Guardians just to just to make that. You know, I mean, like opening week, I might do that. Yeah, d- d- just as were, like a release the same day. Piss off to Disney for being douches about that. Yeah, I mean, I doubt they. I really highly doubt they would release the same exact day, but. In a world where that happens, I'm, I think I'm with you guys. I would I would see what he does with Suicide Squad over Guardians. Um, all right, anything else to add for this one? We'll move on. Do you think DC is number one allowed to? And would if so, would they make the move in advertising that movie when it happens? Whether he is just the writer that they put like a tag in front, like from the creator. Or, you know, writer-director of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they'd have to. I don't think I don't think James Gunn is a household name. So you don't, you'd have to say what he's from to get people like, oh, he did that movie? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I feel like, he, like those two movies really put him on the map a bit, and then the whole controversy even more so. But it, it'll, it won't hurt. But uh, from the allowed to aspect, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know where they where they draw the line for that. Like uh, posting people's credits, I feel like that's that has to be allowed, whether it's a rival studio or not. You would yeah, think. Like the, does does mentioning a trademark property is is that protected in and of itself? Is that because Marvel owns infringement? Obviously, because Marvel owns the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, do they have to pay Marvel to use that name in the credits? Right, and they never would. Oh my god, Marvel would never. You couldn't pay them enough to let them do that if if they had if that was the case. But I don't know. Yeah, from a legal standpoint, can you make a reference to what someone has already done by using something that could be trademarked? or copyrighted or is it in 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 certain ways that you're using it is it free for public use is it in public domain depending on its its utilization i don't know that it's an interesting <laughs> question yeah because i feel like the, uh, yeah i was gonna start 
talking about that, but I feel like it's going to lead us down a rabbit hole that I don't know if I want to get into right now. <laughs> um, yeah. What? Well, call somebody. Call up a lawyer. Get get some legalese <laughs> talking here. We'll we'll phone a friend to get some some legal advice for the show. Um. All right. Anything anything else we want to cap on to the James Gunn Suicide Squad stuff? We'll move on to uh, Marvel, Disney-type stories. Yeah. Uh, all right, so this was, I think, a sort of compounding from a rumor we talked about probably the last time we did headlines, I think. Um, we were sort of talking about what to expect from Disney streaming service. Uh, we have a few confirmed shows for that now. So Disney's chairman and CEO Bob Iger confirmed in a Disney conference call, one, that the streaming service will f- be called Disney+. Plus. That is the official name for Disney streaming service. And along with that confirmation, he gave us the uh, two new shows. We don't technically have names for either of these other than cast members involved. Um, The first one we talked about that was being rumored, which is now confirmed, Tom Hiddleston will be returning in the show centered around Loki. We have no word on plot, showrunner, or anything else other than Hiddleston is back. Uh, So what do you guys expect from this show? Should we assume that this is a prequel to, like, Avengers 4? Or since we haven't seen Avengers 4, is there a possibility Loki comes back and this is post-Avengers 4? I'd say anything's possible for now. Um, until we see Avengers 4. Um, my guess is that it's going to be just based on a specific time period... Perhaps what he was doing in Asgard um, between the second and third Thor movies um, after he falsely takes the throne. Um, now, see, I got I got the impression he ain't doing shit. He's just on the throne having a good time. Could be interesting to see Wild how things parties. come together, though, with, you know... Having statues uh, built and, and plays commissioned. <laughs> Would you be able to do that, though, without having you know, Anthony Hopkins in it? I think we talked about Maybe. that previously, and I don't... Yeah, that's true, because he wouldn't be looking like Loki while he's there. He'd be having to look like Anthony Hopkins. Right. Yeah. Maybe it... Yeah. Maybe it covers the time between the first Thor movie and Avengers, and what led him into Thanos' service in the first place. I would love to see that. Yeah, that would be an interesting story. Um, anybody else got any theories or ideas or thought like whether whether or not you like the idea of the show? Oh, I think it's an excellent idea for a show. Anything with Tom Hiddleston in it, I'm, I'm game for. Yeah, part of me, I think, realized, Disney probably realized they, you know, they po- could have possibly killed off this character, whether or not we it's for good or not. I guess we'll see what happens in Avengers Four, but they realize there's probably money to be had, and this is a very popular character and we need another reason to get him somewhere that people want to see him. So this seems like a good logical fit for them. I mean, so yeah, it's a smart, smart business decision on their part. I mean, personally I was sold on the streaming service with the clone wars, but now it's yeah. Day one I'll be on with Disney plus. I will be there as soon as they announced that they had Tom Hiddleston for Loki in his own series. I was, you sold the service to me. And you raise the the level that I would be willing to pay for it, you know. What I mean, just just that is like uh, I'd pay a couple more dollars a month now because I'm not yeah. going to miss that. 
they're building their lineup pretty well. We'll talk about the second show in a bit too. Um, yeah, any, any, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think this is a really cool idea. I want to see more of obviously Hiddleston as Loki is a, is a no brainer. Any more that we get of him is great. Uh, I am curious to see where the show fits. I think a prequel makes more sense, but again, I, we won't know for sure what the hell actually happens with Loki. If we see him again in Avengers four, whether everything, cause I'm curious if everything like gets reset after Avengers four somehow, or if it's just like an all downer and people walk away and they're done and, because some of these characters are coming back in in the movie verse, so curious to see how all that plays out. Um, second show that they announced, we'll see Diego Luna return as Cassian Andor, which is being described as a rousing spy thriller filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. So again, this is no plot details, crew, release date, anything. The only detail is that we're getting Diego Luna back as Cassian Andor, and we're going to dive into his character some more before the events of Rogue One, obviously. Um, and sort of along the like the lines that Mike was saying, pretty much everything that Disney is announcing for this streaming service, I'm like, yep, sign me up, take my money, I am good. This is, I think, a fantastic idea for a show. I don't, I can't think of any. I mean, I know there's been like novels and video games and stuff, but. We've had no movie like this, and I don't. They haven't really done a show like this. That's a that's in the Star Wars universe, but a spy thriller. And I think that's going to be a really fun genre to explore for Star Wars. I mean, yeah, coming, so. coming from a casual Star Wars fan, I kind of feel like Rogue One had that sort of sensibility to it. But I feel like that was more heisty than like spy thriller. How? It, it, Grab some like major elements uh, that, in your mind, differentiate the two. Uh, Heisty to me is like Ocean's Eleven, and now you see me as like spy thriller. To me, is more like Bond. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. the other thing too is I think this this Rogue One I think really tried to capture, and maybe it didn't do it well enough that maybe it's bleeding into like the spy type of genre. But Rogue One was marketed as like a war movie. And we get a good sense of that, I think, at the end of the third act of the movie is a war movie. And up, yeah, up yeah. leading up to that, you, you get a little bit of like the, the seedy underbelly of the of the cities and, and back war room dealings and stuff like that, which I think will be more of the focus of the show. Um, Mike, you might be more familiar with this reference than... I don't know if Andy remembers this or not. Josh probably wouldn't. But the, the Star Wars video game that was canceled, that 1313... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That like was promised as yeah. right. Yeah, the seedy underbelly of course, and right. that kind of vibe. That's what I'm sort of thinking of for this show. Okay. Um, well, I was going to make one point of something I could probably help Josh maybe get a better understanding of Rogue One as a war movie as opposed to a spy movie. Is that it, I think of Rogue One as more of a tragic version of Kelly's Heroes. Um, okay. Are you familiar with Kelly's Heroes? Enough, yeah. So I, I think of it kind of like the same way. They're going on what amounts to a suicide mission to retrieve something because of its value. And Kelly's Heroes obviously has a much happier ending than Rogue One does. But they're both typically a war movie. And... 
you, you have your comedic elements in both. You have a lot of the same, strangely enough, same elements, even though obviously space travel does not happen in Kelly's Heroes. Well, some of the other actually comparison I just thought about when Mike was talking is the Rogue One feels a little bit like Magnificent Seven type of feel. Ooh, okay. Like the, okay. The mm-hmm. group of characters that just kind of come together for a common cause and then, you know, they don't make it out at the end. Spoiler oh. from Magnificent Seven. Oh! <laughs> for for Still Rogue on my One list, also, I guess everything. <laughs> I know you've seen that movie. Don't give me shit. No, I haven't seen that movie. Like, bullshit. I haven't seen the movie. You've never seen the original or the new one? Nope. Alright, my bad. <laughs> I'd just like <laughs> to give you something you do for it. Yeah, I can't tell um, anymore. I don't I don't know what's real and fake. So I don't know, Josh, I don't know if that sort of clears it up or if we've just confused you more. No, I kinda I'm 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 coming along. Okay. I mean we might be able to obviously better get a better example whenever we finally get like trailers or something I, for this show. Well, it is another example. I would put Solo closer to being a spy movie than Rogue One. Um, okay. Yeah. At least to me. It, like, it, it's it's got the more over-the-top villain. It's got the one-on-one battle to the death as opposed to a giant battle going on at the end. Um... He's really just kind of in it for himself. Kind of, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot more individualism, I think, in spy thrillers than there is in war movies. And there's, you know, I think there's enough untold backstory for Cassian, because he even makes mention when he's talking to Jin in that movie that he's done stuff that he finds unforgivable. At the beginning of that movie, he literally shoots a contact in the back. Like, that's the type of stuff that we're probably going to see in this show. Like, he does, you know, who do you trust? How does he get information? Mm-hmm. In fact, I okay. hope they show that scene for the last episode of that series. Oh, so it leads right into Rogue One? Yeah, yeah it ties directly cool to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you watch Rogue One to tie directly into A New Hope. It's this big chain. Yep. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Uh, I and think... then at the end of New Hope, you take the disc out and watch <laughs> something else. There's a two-year gap in between Empire, and you have to wait two. They years haven't announced all the shows Empire. yet. Calm down. <laughs> oh God. Um, I I think Brian and I also said when he originally posted this uh, through the Facebook page that the next thing we hope to hear about this is that Alan Tudyk gets signed on for the show so that we're getting K2SO yes. as well here. Um, cause I, the only thing I'm worried about is that motion capture CG for K2 might be too expensive for however many episodes they want to do with this series. He may not show up every episode. Maybe we get the budding relationship between the two of them. They run a mission together in this episode, then K2's off helping somebody else for a while and not... But he's supposed to be like his Chewie. Like, I feel like right, he has to be the right-hand man for that. But we're a lot earlier, so before he becomes his Chewie, you know, what? how do they meet? Like, we learn in Solo how Chewie and Han meet. Maybe we're going to get a little bit of that, and they're, because of budget, they're going to kind of... You know, and taper it, it, away from every episode. 
per se. And depending on how many episodes, like I'm, ass- I'm assuming, I mean, the it feels like the agreed upon format for a lot of these types of developments for these streaming services is, you know, 45 minutes to an hour each episode, uninterrupted, no commercials. Yeah. So depending on how long they make the run, it could be six or eight or 10 or 15. Um, you know, maybe it's not until a third of the way through that you even encounter him. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, it, maybe it could be like the origin story between the two of them at one point. You don't just meet them and they're already together. Um, yeah. And it's like in New Hope when like, okay, Luke goes to the flea market place and, oh, look, now we're getting C-3PO and R2-D2. Like, eventually, like, Whatever the circumstance is, their paths just converge. But, right, you're getting it at some point. Like it feels more organic. Like it. Yeah. Like if it was like a, like 20 minutes into the first episode where they're like, oh, yep, we got to get these two on screen because everybody wants to see that. That that's gonna feel really un- uh, just unnatural. Yeah, I mean, I would think you could see him liberating K2 from the Empire at some point, and then handing him over for reprogramming. Yeah, like, that could happen in the first episode, you know, and maybe the they don't get back together for, like, another four or five shows. Yeah. yeah. That could even happen in the fifth episode, and he's not back until the last two. And it's, like, yeah. season two, you'll see more K2, you know? Yeah, that that could be one of, like, the slow burn things that they put in place, like, the first season of Daredevil. Like, the whole time you're seeing these little steps to him getting in the suit, and it's not till the last episode that he's in the full suit. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, that was totally worth it. Thirteen hours, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, any even if it's one episode, I don't care. Just give me Alan Tudyk in the show. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, we need more K two. That's what we need. Whether however yes. we have to get it, more. So the uh, the John Favreau Mandalorian show is that also going to be in Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they just announced the Mandalorian himself, I believe. I heard that. Yeah. As do well. you have a Do you have the name for that? Because I I wasn't going to put it in here because it was I started putting my outline together too early for that news. But if um, you want to bring it up while we're on it, yeah, I can draw the name for you real quick. I I know the actor because of Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, yeah. he was he was in um, Kingsman Two. Also, yes. Yeah, he was oh, the cowboy. No spoilers. I've yes. seen it. Okay. Okay. Good. He's, okay. Well, he's he was on the cover. in that movie. <laughs> his um, name's uh, his name is Pedro Pascal. Okay. okay, Pedro Pascal. Okay. So, I think that's so he is he is the Mandalorian, right? That's what we're that's what from it was said. Yes, that's okay. what the announcement was. Is he's going to be playing the Mandalorian? Um, and from what I've seen of him, which isn't much, which is pretty much just Kingsman two in game of thrones he's pretty good i saw him um, in the great wall also that uh chinese history movie with matt damon um, chinese history movie. <laughs> well it's like with it's like the fictional, giant lizards <laughs> fictional yeah but I, I don't know to be fair i didn't I'm think just, it was that terrible but i'm not saying uh, that i just was laughing at the history part with the giant right lizards well, it's attacking historically accurate. historical fiction uh okay <laughs> Historic, mixed with legend and and myth and whatnot, um, but he is also he has an uh, unnamed role in Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four also. Interesting, Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I guess he's the one of the main characters, one of the strong main characters in uh, the Narcos show, 
on Netflix. I haven't watched it, but he's been on. Funnily enough, there. is Diego Luna in that show? Diego Luna? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. He could be. I know um, Michael Pena is. Because I thought I read like Diego Luna was not able. Like they're they're delaying the production of Cassian because he has to finish up. Uh, work on another show. Yeah, he is. He's in Narcos Mexico. Oh, okay. So maybe they're doing. So I, as far as I know, yeah, maybe that's like. I don't know the format of the show. Um, I didn't think it had subtitles, but maybe that's like the next segment of it. The next season that's that's coming is subtitled Mexico. Maybe. Okay, so maybe um, there's so two he, different Narcos and not just one. I was thinking it was the same show. It looks to be two different. Okay. Oh, uh, but yeah, Diego Luna is in... Oh, but they're both... Yeah, they're both on Netflix. So maybe they're offshoots of each other. So it's just kind of funny that they're both sort of in the, the same type of series, and yet they're both coming back into the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, but From yeah, one uh, streaming service to another. Yeah, pa- yeah Pedro Pascal. Um, he's going to be your Mandalorian. Good shit. Yeah, I'm anxious to see for both of these shows, the Loki show and the Cassian show, who they get as far as directors, like writers, the creative people behind these things. Because I think that will give us a better sense of where these shows are going to go and what maybe to expect. Yeah. So I'm sure they're still a couple years out. Give give me some some background on this. All I know, if you told me Mandalorian, I don't know crap. And when I see images, I know that it is related to Boba Fett. That's all I know. So So, feed me. Jango Fett obviously is Boba Fett's... Well, I don't want to say dad because it's not really... Just say dad. Yeah, yeah, it's easier than trying to explain it. But So Jango Fett is Boba Fett's dad. And Jango is a Mandalorian, or at least he wears Mandalorian armor. Um... Do we have a backstory that is certainly tying Django to being a Mandalorian? I think we talked about this last time, didn't we? Yeah, I don't remember. But either way, Mandalore is a planet uh, in in the Star Wars universe that has a rich and violent history um, of producing some of the absolute best warriors best, you know, bounty hunters, warriors across the board. Um, they have very peaceful groups of people and very war-like groups of people, very violent groups of people that are constantly clashing with one another, so on and so forth. There's different, like, clans of Mandalorian that make up different groups that are all fighting for control of different aspects of the planet. Yes. Okay. And um, one of the cooler things about the universe is... Um, or the the planet, whatever is that they have, what is called the Dark Blade, um, or Dark Saber, I believe it is, um, which is held by the ruler of Mandalore. And is it ever confirmed that if that's actually a lightsaber or? I think I always thought it was like a the first type of prototype of a lightsaber, like yeah. a very old style lightsaber. Yeah, and it's it, it, basically they have really cool looking armor. They have, a, like, a lot of... There's a lot of history you could read about Mandalore that has been made up for Star Wars new canon and old canon. Um, 
and it's one of the more, if not the most interesting planet to read about, in my opinion. A lot of the warriors that come from Mandalore always end up in, like, the... A lot of them end up in the, sh- the shady bounty hunter trade, like Boba Fett, like Jango Fett, mercenaries, that kind of thing. So this Mandalore for the show, we don't know if he's a mercenary, we don't know if he's working on behalf of Mandalore, it could be a bunch of different, um, I don't know, motivations, I guess, mm-hmm. where he fits in. I feel like there's vague reference to a Mandalorian war, like a civil war that has happened on Mandalore before, and I don't know, depending on the time period of the show... If we would see something like that in the show, yeah, because it's hard to tell from just from like a couple production stills. If if we are following this one Mandalorian on his journey and mission through the galaxy, or if this is going to lead to bigger stories that have to involve the entire Mandalorian culture and planet, right? Which that would be amazing. Either way, I think it's going to be awesome either way. But we also have no idea what time period this takes. Like, what time period this takes place in. I don't think we have any confirmation of that yet, do we? I mean, I assumed original trilogy era, but I have no idea, to be fair. Okay. I mean, because I... feel I, like everything they announced is original trilogy era. Yeah, it was, I mean, like, the only picture we get looks like he might be on Tatooine. Um, From the photos that we saw, I believe it looked kind of like a desertish, dusty kind of place. Yeah. Which doesn't mean it's Tatooine. There's other planets like that, like Jakku, uh, that exist in the universe. So we we don't know where he's at or what's going on at all yet. Um, Josh, I think the short answer is that we. There's a lot of we don't know. Yeah, it's centered around a very a culture that everyone likes but doesn't know a lot about. So the show is going to explain a lot of stuff to everybody. Yeah. And not and if you're just looking for an excuse to jump in, I don't think you're going to miss anything if you just jump in not knowing anything about the Mandalorians. N- not all Mandalorians that leave Mandalore are villains. Let's make that clear, though, too, because there is peaceful people and violent people that live there. One of the main characters for Star Wars Rebels is Sabine. She is an absolute hero on the show, one of the main characters, and she is absolutely not a villain in any way, shape, or form. Um, don't talk too much because I don't think Andy finished that show. Yeah, Sabine doesn't turn heel. Spoiler. Um, it it it, uh, it's just basically saying like, you know, they they can be like Django and Boba, or they can be heroes as well. We don't know which route this character will go either. Yeah, you also get a pretty good look at um Mandalore in uh, the Clone Wars Netflix cartoon yeah. they have a pretty awesome arc actually with obi-wan with uh queen of mandalore um you get a little bit more of the uh you're ever the political watching f- it Josh, it's actually a, a pretty good show okay and, and you get a little taste of the political factions and stuff for yeah. that arc and so yeah. the um and you also so get the, the character per se like he's not specifically playing Django or boba fett Per se, yeah, it's just, it's just there could be generic. any number of characters wearing that armor. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're they're a character we've seen before. Yeah, that's okay. just Mandalorian armor. I'm sure you could dive into Star Wars lore and figure out the designs on the armor and color scheme, and it could tell you what clan he belongs to, but Mike and I are not that well-versed. And that would be old lore as well that we would be diving into, I believe. 
I don't think there's any new lore that describes that. Yeah, if there is, I don't know. I don't know where to find either, to be honest. It would be in the Old Republic stuff if there is something, because that's when a lot of that Mandalorian Civil War stuff started. Yeah. So. Ooh, if they hit New Republic or Old Republic era, that's gonna be awesome. Don't get my hopes up. Don't. don't that's <laughs> not, they, they they're not going there yet, but. I'm still crossing my fingers for some sort of Old Republic style era show, whether that's a movie or a show on streaming or or something. Just for God's sakes, you, me, and I think literally every Star Wars fan is <laughs> doing the same thing. Um, Josh, worst comes to worst. If you have any questions, please consult Mike and I. We will. <laughs> yeah, we will fill you in. They're, they're doing a great job though, right now. <laughs> yeah, I we're, can't tell if that's sarcastic or not. <laughs> we're just sitting here there's like, a lot oh, of, man. there's a lot of we don't know, so that's fair if it's sarcastic. <laughs> but hopefully, by the time this show comes around, we'll, we'll have some sort of knowledge base to go on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get more details as things go, and we'll get, be able to give you a better idea. But at this or point, at the very least, I'm sure Mike and I are going to watch this as soon as it comes out. So, Josh, if you come to it late, or even as soon as it comes out, Mike and I will be right there with you to hopefully answer any questions. Yes. I will be sure to bring them back to the show. You have your support group. I just want you to know that. <laughs> uh, before, if, just in case, like before we jump off of here, a little nugget uh, that I just came across. Uh, I mentioned Pedro Pascal is in an unnamed role in uh, the next Wonder Woman movie. Turns mm-hmm. out he was cast, and from what I understand, they shot at least a pilot. So that there was supposed to be a rebooted Wonder Woman either feature or I think a TV show was the idea around like 2011, 2012. And then they scrapped it. Like this is separate from what Joss Whedon had written as a feature screenplay. Is that the one with Adrian? Palicki. uh, Yes. Yes. He was in that. Oh, okay. So I don't know if like maybe there was a connection of his involvement with that. Uh, I, I doubt it's supposed to be like an Easter egg, like, Oh, they're continuing that character or anything like that. But uh, just maybe his prior involvement, uh, you know, got on somebody's radar, and so they decided to include him on this because that one got canned. I feel like they do a pretty good job of calling people back. Like Dean Kane shows up in the Supergirl show. Yeah, yeah. Like you know stuff like that. Like casting that has been in other DC properties that they they sort of pay it forward. Exactly. So that has nothing to do with Mandalorian the show, <laughs> but uh, I have now said it. Yep. <laughs> well, now it's now it's out in the inter- interwebs. Can never be unheard. <laughs> unless I edit it out, do which not, I won't do. Do not edit it out. <laughs> I, I will write it in the comments section. Make sure you reference it like five more times to make sure I can't <laughs> cut around everything else. <laughs> I will re-record myself talking about it and post a link somewhere. I'll upload it to YouTube, and then I'll post a link to that YouTube uh, entry on the comment section of this episode. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's important news. People need to know. <laughs> I'm glad you're looking out for the people. Our other, um, our other two listeners. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else to add for those two shows? Or we'll move on. Nothing. All right. Um, so I posted an article on the Facebook page about how Venom's box office numbers saved Sony and how that it could affect Spider-Man moving forward. But before we get into that sort of conversation, which I feel like we talk about every time Venom comes up and makes headlines, 
Um, a few days ago, I was looking at some of the, the box office numbers because this started making headlines too. Venom has made more money worldwide in six weeks than Justice League did in its entire theatrical run. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hard to swallow. Two days ago, Venom was at $676 million worldwide. Uh, Justice League capped out at $657. All right, the- and Venom, I think, just recently opened in China, so it is still making bank. That tells me that DC, no matter what they do, they have such a bad aura around them. Yeah, because like there's a lot of bad things you could say about Justice League, but to say like categorically that Venom was better than Justice League is not something you can easily do. No, no, but or that there's more of a, even a reason that you would want to see Venom. Like on paper, that doesn't even make sense. Well, I know. Do Do you want to see the team up of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, <laughs> Cyborg? In a movie for the first time all together, or you right. see this offshoot of a Spider-Man character that Sony just wanted to throw money at. So what what I'll say is Justice League comes off of the tail end of what's largely been considered a train wreck. And Venom is riding high off of Marvel's success. So yeah, that I mean, and that's point. where we're at here. And I don't see how it couldn't have. Um, I mean, how many Marvel movies released and since Justice League came out have underperformed Justice League? None. Exactly. Well, maybe I'm. I'm assuming Ant Man made more money. Yeah, I didn't run all the numbers for every movie. I know. I come out. I, I know you haven't, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm pretty sure they all have outperformed. Justice League. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be a continued theme, is that no matter how high DC goes, Marvel's still going to be going higher at every turn. Right, but I don't think this is... We're we're not uh, arguing the fact that Justice League didn't do well. I think the surprising part is that Venom did this well. Like, I I would have never predicted Venom would have made over $500 million worldwide coming into the release of that movie. Nope. How much did you say? How much did you say Justice League made? It capped out at six hundred and fifty-seven million worldwide. So Justice League, a couple or uh, Venom, a couple days ago, made eleven million worldwide more. And that's before going into this weekend. So it's probably going to make more money this weekend. So it it has also made more than Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man box box office Mojo has Ant Man and the Wasp worldwide at six twenty-two. So that's actually under Ant Man and the Wasp is. The one that did under, okay. maybe the one that did under, but that, but, but that's also to say that Venom has made more than something in the MCU. Yes, and I find that even more surprising, maybe than to say Justice League. Like I, I would almost expect. I'm actually really surprised that Ant-Man and the Wasp did not earn Justice League. So I, yeah. I agree with what you're getting yeah. at there. But I still think it's just slapping Marvel on something and printing money. Yeah, that's the thing that's debatable. Is is Venom actually that good? Or is it just a moving going audience that doesn't know what they're watching and how it connects and fits into other things? And like Mike said, you just slap Marvel on it and they're like, oh, pretty red colors of the banner. I'm seeing that. <laughs> 
maybe I'm trying to think of the general audience. I uh, I don't know. Andy, did you see Venom? I did not. All right, it's uh, it would have been an interesting movie had it not been about or called Venom. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> like, oh, good lord! Oh. I mean, I know we've been like really—it hasn't really aligned for us all to like those of us that have seen it to do a review of the movie, but it like there's parts of it where you're like, this is enjoyable, this is entertaining, this is positive, Th- this like I'm having an okay reaction to this element or this see, but then when you pull back for a moment and you're like okay wait here's the character venom that i here's what i know about it here's the background here's all the stuff that's tied to this thing none of that is why this movie is enjoyable and it doesn't seem to have anything really to do with what they made uh so yeah i i just i can't figure out josh not to interrupt your train of thought but i just caught this from the article that box office mojo posted last weekend so i yeah. guess venom opened in china last weekend okay with 111 million seems reasonable for the biggest country in the world yeah that's the thing yeah. like it, it's so hard like it's so hard to make apples to apples on china anymore when you have they're a four times half people i was gonna say they're four times right. the size of our country <laughs> but like if that's the opening weekend like Venom could be on pace to cross 800 million worldwide when it's done at the theaters. Mm-hmm. That's Deadpool money. Mm-hmm. That and you know Sony's going to take the wrong lessons away from this movie. We, oh, of, we co- of course that. they are. We already know they were going to take the wrong lessons based on what they were planning off that damn end credit scene. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Freaking Raggedy Ann. <laughs> Don't don't spoil. Don't spoil. I'm not. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, oh, this makes me upset. All right, so I'm gonna try to spin into the rest of the stuff I have yeah, here. So, yeah. compounding off of Venom's back box office, which was like we said, more than anticipated. The article that I posted talked about how this movie is gonna help save Sony Pictures and what that means for Spider-Man. And this is again stuff we've talked about numerous occasions, but I like to revisit every time this comes up because it still boggles my fucking mind. <laughs> So, keep in mind that, yes, Spider-Man can be used in connected Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. But, as we've discussed before, the rights still belong to Sony. They are effectively loaning Spider-Man to Marvel in an effort to help their own studio. So far, those plans have been working. The article talks about how if Venom would have failed at the box office, it could have set Sony in a position to try to sell Spider-Man rights back to Marvel just to stay afloat. Instead, Sony is now doubling down on these spin-offs which they've confirmed Morbius with Jared Leto is happening. They've got a rumored Craven the Hunter movie happening. We've probably got an inevitable Venom sequel now in the works. So wait, did, did you three see Venom? Mm-hmm. Yes. I did, yes. In the theater? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Sellouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I redeemed a free movie pass, so I paid nothing for the goddamn movie. <laughs> I can kind of claim that too, because we joined the AMC subscription thing. So I just have... Oh, they- like a bunch of you still all three of you stood up and got counted <laughs> well yeah i'm not yeah. you know what i'm not gonna say you're wrong <laughs> i honestly curiosity got the better of me and i just want to see if it was as bad as i expected it to be 
Yeah, there's there's a time and a place for that. You know what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, <Home> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Andy, now you're missing out on the conversation that we're having. No, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So again, we seem to revisit this every time this Venom Spider-Man spinoff talk comes up, but. After Venom, it seems like Marvel won't be able to get Spider-Man back anytime soon. The scary part is that Sony continues to make money with these Spider-Man spinoffs. It's not. Will we ever get to the point where they decide they don't need Marvel anymore? So, no. my, my thought on that is, if they decide to take Spider-Man back from Marvel, can Marvel just go to every person they like try to pen in to be a writer, an actor, whatever, and say, you know what, we'll just pay you not to do it? Would that cause? I mean, I'm sure it would cause a lot of legal problems, but yeah, I don't see that as a viable option. <laughs> I mean, if they really, really want Spider-Man back, just play politics on it, man. Just go straight for the throat and say, "Nope, we're gonna pay them double not to do your movie." I feel like the only way right now that Marvel will be able to get so- Spider-Man back is if they buy Sony Pictures outright, the entire fucking studio. Yeah, and why wouldn't they at this point? And they could have been in that position if Venom failed, because Sony Pictures is not doing very well. Their biggest moneymaker is still Spider-Man. Oh, I know, and, and but I, uh, why couldn't they still buy them? We're talking about fucking Disney. Right, but the... Because the, that I'm just saying, doubled the price tag. Right, yeah, they're going to end up paying triple, four times, five times. It, the the price is going to keep, keep skyrocketing as much as... Each of these Spider-Man right, spin-off and, movies right, and, and all that'll happen is, is they'll release the next one that's not Venom, and it's going to tank hard. Do you think you're getting a that's large movie-going obvi- audience to Morbius? Hell or no. Yeah, that's the next litmus test, yes. Because that was the same problem Sony did with all the Spider-Man movies they did before, is they pumped them out so quick that everybody got on Spider-Man fatigue and nobody wanted to see them anymore, and they all ended up going downhill. We might actually end up doing that with the next movie out. If they do Morbius next... Like you said, I don't think he's a well enough character. They're gonna hype Jared Leto as being in a Spider-Man movie yeah. without Spider-Man. Yeah. Here, I this is as much as I I will try to say about Venom to explain my my feelings on it with without doing major spoilers for Andy. But the major problem that I think they're gonna run into is enough people. I think have seen an image of the character of Venom. Even if you're not a comic book person, even if you're barely a casual comic book movie person, I think enough people kind of had familiarity with the image of that thing. And when I said earlier that they didn't really make a movie about the character of Venom, I think it's because the core to Venom's appeal is that he's supposed to be an anti-hero. That's how he became popular to fans. But the problem with the movie they created is that in order to be an anti-hero, you still have to have a morally ambiguous compass. And that movie okay. pretty much all but eliminated that. Yeah. Because you have to like Tom Hardy. You have to like Eddie Brock. You can't have an anti-hero without a real hero. Yeah. 
and it lacked a real hero because they didn't have Spider-Man. So they can't yeah. they can't follow that same formula by just hoping that people come in for Morbius or create like I don't even know anything about Morbius and I doubt anybody else really outside of deeper comic book circles does. I only know Craven the Hunter the name because I hear other people mention it but I don't know anything about him. Yeah. To bank on these unknown singular characters, not even a team up or or a duo or anything like that to just have this name recognition or well, well association of name recognition to Marvel or anything else is not going to do it. I'll flat out say there's not enough canon out there behind either Craven or Morbius to carry a feature film. Venom has hundreds of issues of comics dedicated just to Venom. He spawned his own comic series. He spawned several comic series. He spawned off other heroes off of him, like the other anti-heroes with anti-Venom, with now Agent Venom, Carnage. I mean, there's so much that's come from just Venom. He has his own little slice of universe within Marvel. Morbius and Kraven have none of that. Because they're Morbius and Craven. While they made good villains for single issues of Spider-Man back in the day, trying to bring them forward into some magic movie make like money making movie is not going to work unless they I don't know, unless they can market it in some way where they don't have to be aware that it's tied to Spider-Man. Because, you know, like Morbius got a lot of popularity back in the day because he was really the only vampire in comics at that time because the comics code did not allow for it. But because he was a living vampire, it was allowed. Because he wasn't undead. So Maybe we'll get lucky enough that they'll get this Morbius movie out or or Craven or something before they really pump hard into production on a Venom sequel. And if Morbius falls flat on its face, they'll cancel the Venom sequel. I'm hoping they dump and... tons of money into both of them and lose their ass on it. Of course, that's what we're all hoping for. See, I don't think I don't think they will on on a Venom sequel. Not on Venom I, sequel. I, I'm talking on Morbius and Craven. I'm hoping oh, they Craven, dump tons yeah. of money into both of those movies and lose their asses on them. Yeah. But yeah, because if they're smart, they would push the Venom sequel out first mm-hmm. <clears throat> before anything else. And you'll see that du- that budget will probably double. If it was eighty million for this, you're going to get one hundred fifty vo- million plus for the sequel. Mm-hmm. And they should inter- And if they want it to succeed, they would introduce the characters of Craven and Morbius in some way. Don't be giving them ideas on how to save this universe, <laughs> Mike. They're not listening. Let's be honest about that, this. That's beside the point. <laughs> if they wanted to I work, I they don't would know have if, to uh, go that route. They're not going to go sh- that route. Who's who's the head of Sony? Pascal, or she used to be. She used to be. She used yeah. to be. I was saying, I, I don't. I don't know if she's one of our three listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, I know sometimes you you have uh, some timing issues uh, keeping up with your like anticipation movie lists, but then do 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 us a favor in terms of like trying to I don't say like prove us wrong per se, but uh, when. Venom hits DVD in like January or February. Do do your best to to pick it up 
early and you know spend spend your one dollar on the red box and then come come back and tell us if we're crazy or not okay i personally i actually liked it a lot more than they did um well, i don't know where josh stands on it i'm i'm purely mid mid-range with that movie i think if you take out the last 15 minutes and replace it with a better last 15 minutes you have a damn good movie personally I think, I think you, you have, have a better a, movie, but I don't okay think you have a good is. Venom movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more in line with Josh, I think. They said if that I, movie I, was I, not about a character called Venom doing yeah. exactly the kinds of uh, foundational things that the character of Venom does, it would have been potentially interesting. And, and you'd probably have a better opinion of it. But it, what they made was not that. I can I can get on board with that. You're right. There's a part of that movie somewhere in the in the middle, leading into the third act, where where something I'm trying to be as vague as possible. Um, <laughs> something has there's, been there's, that causes a certain feeling, and there, no, there's like a there's a 180 degree turn for something at that point in the movie, which is never explained, and then you're just led to go with it into the climax of the movie, which is sort of redeems or or makes the hero, the hero, and it, it really irritated me, and that part stuck out to me. Yeah. Which, we can talk off the record once, you know, if Andy is gone. <laughs> we, right, we can you talk guys want me to get off the call? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> no, I think it's... It, you guys it, are, like, beating around the bush. Just just tell me, I'll hang up. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I think it's because we, like, we had been intending to do a Venom review for, like, two months That's, yeah and when kind of chopping at the bit to talk about it yeah we just never kind got of. around to it um because enough people that had seen it weren't able to be on the same episode i think it's the first time the three of us that have actually seen it have been on a call together to do this in a, a while enough yeah so yeah we might at least talk a little bit about it off air and then come back we could always do like whenever it hits home video hopefully by then maybe andy watches it and we can get everybody back together to sit down and do like the home video review Venom. Just revisit it later on. Only if we constantly call that kind of stuff home video. I don't. I mean, what else are you gonna? I don't. Like, I don't know. I don't know what else to call it now because you don't want to call it straight DVD because there's like streaming and video on demand and all that stuff. I know. By digital by, copies and by stuff. By nature, so. it, put, it it puts you in that box, but it also like you can't get away from how like anachronistic and uh, like outdated it makes you sound. Yeah. Well, that's how I was raised, I guess. No, I mean anybody. You're just you're right. There's like no other way to kind of easily describe it, but it right. It, it definitely puts you in the perfect like mid to upper millennial age range, <laughs> where uh, you know, as uh, as Eliza would say, uh, uh, elder millennial, because um, you that makes you remember like renting your VHS tapes from right. from the video store and the, yeah. watching them, and, and oh, you put it man. in a VCR. And at the beginning, before you get your previews or your movie, you get that coming soon to home video. <laughs> there was something so special about video stores back in the day when, you know, you would go in and you'd have that one movie you wanted to see and there would be no copies of it to rent at the damn store. And so you'd go through like ever. days and days or weeks without being able to get this copy of this movie you want. And then it's such a great feeling when it's finally there and then you put it in and you watch it and it sucks and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> fuck and <sighs> kids will kids will never know that feeling 
Exactly. Yeah, that instant gratification of this generation. Fuck you guys. Yeah, and, and yet they're still, like, right in the plaza, there's a plaza, you know, like, across the street from where we live that's uh, a family videos in there. And I'm like, how do yeah. these people stay in business? They're charging, like, $6 <laughs> to rent something. There's a red box down at the Kmart that's a dollar for the same damn thing. <laughs> and I actually have to physically walk this thing back in and hand it to a person? God. <laughs> I feel like they have a customer base that's just two generations above us. Well, I, I guess it's people that still don't have Blu-ray players and need DVDs go into there. I don't know. They don't have the internet. And... Or they really cut down, yeah, on expenses. And they might have an internet connection, but they don't have Hulu and Netflix or HBO go, go. and Yeah. At the one still on... Still using AOL. <laughs> Andy. Hey, don't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> The CompuServe email. An AOL email address. I do. Nice. (laughs) Uh, I got to get a dig in every now and again. We had to. It's still every time he tells me his email address, I'm like, really? Still? (laughs) We had to explain to my 23 year old coworker what she did not know what AOL stood for. She (laughs) she had heard the name, but she did not know it meant America Online. And so the few of us, like, we're all, like, in our late 20s, early 30s, early and mid-30s. And so we had to explain to her, like, yeah, in the late 90s and around, like, the year 2000, you would constantly get these discs in the mail that were kind of... Well, we, we at first we tried to liken it to, like, prepaid phone cards. And she was like, what are, pre, what are phone cards? <laughs> Yeah. So we took a we had to take a different tact. Like, uh, well, if you you would try your best to not have to pay as much for for your monthly internet fees, so if you could get these promo discs for free hours from people you knew, you could use that for like this month, and then it was like trying to find you know a fixer or to get a hit for next month. <laughs> it was a good time. Comparing it to addiction, that's the way to go. <laughs> Um, Damn it, Al Gore! Anything else? Um, I was going to question about. The, oh, um, bringing it back to the Sony Marvel Spider-Man stuff. Uh, Marvel is currently using Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Do we think if Sony gets to a point where they want to use Spider-Man, they might just leave Tom Holland alone and cast their own Spider-Man? Do you think that's a possibility? Is that? I hope so. I mean, I would hope so too. But is that part of the deal? Does any like well, does anyone know strongly enough? Was did the deal well, that was struck? limit Sony on like did, did I don't want to say did Sony sign it's, away the rights but well, did was, Sony did Sony limit themselves on only allowing Spider-Man to appear in MCU movies or they're not allowed to use the same actor who is currently well, portraying I, I, I would in say there? on that if they're going to allow it I think whether or not they're able to do that and Marvel okays it is dependent upon whether Tom Holland has a contract with Sony or with Marvel. And I don't know who's got that contract. And that's, this is the, I know we've talked about this before, but the the fine print of this deal is something I'd really love to get into and read (laughs) because I don't know where these lines are drawn. And like, we've talked about using characters before. Like if Venom is used by Sony, does that mean Marvel can't use Venom now? Right. If Spider-Man is in, is in an MCU movie, does that mean that Sony cannot use Spider-Man? Or specifically can't use Tom Holland as Spider-Man? If they could have cast another actor, why not use a different actor to play Spider-Man in Venom? That would have solved a lot of their problems. 
So I, it's, it's, yeah, it's really fucking weird, and I don't know if we'll ever know. Like, I don't know if there's a time limit or or a set contract of how many movies Sony is allowing Marvel to borrow Spider-Man for. Like, if they signed and said, okay, well, we'll give you Spider-Man for five movies. You get them for three of Spider-Man solo movies and two Avengers movies. So when those movies are made, do they try to come back to the table and renegotiate? Or is Sony just going to be like, okay, you're done. We want him back. He's ours now. You know, if Sony were to do that and they wanted to keep Tom Holland and they were giving Marvel a hard time, it would be so great if Marvel just killed him in whatever last movie there was. <laughs> I, honestly, if they went through that many movies, I think Sony would recast Spider-Man. I don't think they'd continue to use Tom Holland for that many movies. Well, and remember, Sony, those Spider-Man movies, while recognized as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are still Sony movies. Correct. They are made by Marvel Studios, but not for Disney. Right. They are made yes. by Marvel Studios for Sony Pictures. Yeah. Yes. So, I, I, in turn, I, I don't think they'd have the latitude to make the decision to kill off Spider-Man. <laughs> That's the thing. Even the the fine print of the the very first press release for this deal is it talks about who ultimately has creative control over these movies and it's sony at the top of that food chain right marvel basically can give creative input but it's ultimately sony's decision what happens so to mike's point or to josh's point about what mike was you were saying if marvel decides we're going to kill off spider-man sony would ultimately say no no no, we need that character you are not killing them off we need him back right Right now, they have kind of power over that, though, because Spider-Man is dead. Yeah, but... I mean, the filming is all wrapped and everything (laughs) on the next movie, but... It's no secret that he's getting another movie. Yeah, I'm aware of all that. I'm just saying, you know, technically they could reshoot some shit, you know, if Sony decided to get a little uppity now, per se. Yeah, I don't know. I, I well, th- a lot of the cards are in Sony's, Sony's hands, and I don't like that at all. And I don't know if it's ever going to get to the point where they can renegotiate. Like Marvel has anything to. I think we'll be having the with. same conversation when we're seventy, dude. It, it'll be yeah. The same that's what I mean, every time we revisit thing. this, I feel like we talk about the same talking points, and nothing's really changed. But well, if you if you wanted to really slice some of the details, remember that Spider-Man: Homecoming. And Black Panther both take place. Black Panther takes place in like the immediate two weeks following Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So homecoming, I got the impression maybe another six months. So I got but, the impression but, it was pretty immediate. Okay, so so if you're crunching that down even further. There's a pretty well-established lag of time between Civil War and Infinity War. Like, Cap is in exile for a long time. Mm-hmm. At least, like, the two years of real, like, our real-world calendar time that those movies came out. Uh, sort of the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. The, f- the second one takes place only, I think it is, I think it is, say, like, six months after the first guardians right and then and then there's so then there's conceivably like a two to three year gap in movie time 
between the events of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Infinity War. So if you're Sony and you really wanted to dick with things, you could say Spider-Man Far From Home takes place, there's plenty of time to do it, somewhere in between the events of Homecoming and Infinity War. Yeah, if they wanted to. Because I really think if you if you really try to lay down the MCU timeline, I think a lot of stuff falls apart. They just they're very ginger when they play with where stuff fits and and how. So yeah, if they wanted to make a prequel to Infinity War with Spider Man, they could do that. Yeah. Um, Andy, I don't feel like we've heard enough from you. Do you have anything to chime in with this stuff? Having not seen Venom, <laughs> I mean, not not a ton. No. <laughs> um, do you feel one way or the other about any of this stuff? You. I'd much rather see um, Spider-Man go back into the hands of Marvel and Disney. Yeah. So that's you know one of the reasons I didn't go to see Venom in theaters. Well, you held strong. Yeah. So Fucking kudos man to with you. Principles. You've voted, <laughs> voted with your wallet. I like it. Yeah, we'll see if uh, if we can all keep them at bay for the Venom sequel, or if, or if we're just going to be just the suckers the next time they come come out with a movie. I'm not calling you guys suckers. It's just you know. Oh, I am. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, that, it would have made much more sense because if if we were, if if we were still hell bent on seeing what they created at some point eventually, what, we should have taken your route and instead of us each spending like six to twelve dollars perhaps at the movie theater, one of us would have spent a buck at Redbox and we all would have watched it on the couch together. It's <laughs> fair. Yeah. Or we could have went in and like did like the pirated film thing and like videotaped <laughs> it and handed it out for free outside the theater when people were going to buy tickets. <laughs> Said, "Nah, here, look, free. Just you know, just, just on our own dime to try and take Sony pictures off of Spider-Man. Just been you know got a coalition together across the country to hand out free <laughs> copies of Venom." Did it, Josh? I feel like you've planned date night for when Venom Two comes out. We're all just gonna get together and rent it. Well, I, I guess it's gonna yeah, it's gonna not not when. Venom 2 comes out, but when it, like, three and a half months later when it comes out on DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, didn't, weren't there some people on, you know, well, quote unquote, on the internet who were trying to do that to Justice League? Oh, like, I don't they, know. They, they, were, they were trying, like, they were DC fans, but they were trying to Kill garner the Snyderverse? <laughs> no, 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 they, they wanted Justice League to do so well that they were trying to get people to, like, not go to Thor because <laughs> Thor came out like two weeks before Justice League so they didn't want it to outperform so they were like trying to get a bunch of people like internet support to go see Justice League and don't don't go to the theater to see Marvel movies it was something like that it never works it's like the internet that was trying to boycott mm-hmm. Force Awakens because of a black stormtrooper yeah that kind of stupid shit just uh yeah yeah like Trekkers that want to be or but, Trekkies that want to be called Trekkers and things but like there's that. A, there's a better lesson to be learned from Andy, and not <laughs> and not those pricks. Yeah, the takeaway from this is follow Andy's example. I wouldn't do that at all. When in doubt, <laughs> what would Andy do? Oh yeah, don't follow that. We'll, we'll have shirts made. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So the last one, last topic of conversation that we're going to cover. Um, so 2018 saw the release of three new seasons of the Marvel Netflix shows. We got a second season of Luke Cage in June. We got a second season of Iron Fist in September. And then a month later, we got a third season of Daredevil last month in October. 
So now, <laughs> two of those three shows are canceled. Iron Fist and Luke Cage will not be getting a third season. Low viewership is being blamed for Iron Fist, and creative differences on where to take the show is being blamed for Luke Cage. Before we really sort of dive into that news, is everybody caught up on those shows? I have not uh, watched like Iron Fist, either season Luke of Cage, Iron Daredevil. Fist. Okay. I don't think I've seen uh, season two of either. Okay. Are you going to invest the time if they're canceled? I've actually heard like... Iron Fist season two is worth better than the first one. So. I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah, that's not wrong. And I like I liked Luke Cage season one, so I just need to watch it. Okay. Mm. Did, I, I, did ever, jo- I'm did halfway Josh, through where you at season with three shows? on Daredevil. Halfway through. Uh, wait, say that again, Mike. I'm halfway through season three of Daredevil. I've watched season two of Luke Cage. Okay, and Brian and Andy, have you both finished Daredevil? Uh, no, yes. I have not watched season three yet. Okay, uh, so I've watched both Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and I'm halfway through Daredevil. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, Andy, I think, I'd agree from what you heard. I think Iron Fist second season is a lot better than season one. Very um, much. Second season of Luke Cage was pretty good, too. I think both of those second seasons ended the characters in a place where I was really interested to see where they would go in a third season. And then they got canceled. So, I I don't know where the logic is there, because I, I thought it was, just from a character standpoint, really interesting what they were going to do. Um... And not that we're going to get into Daredevil that is part of it, but Daredevil Season 3, I think, shot up to the top of my list of the best Marvel Netflix shows. So for you guys that are in the middle of it or haven't watched it yet, I think you're you're in for a treat. Yeah, we're I'm liking it so far. Um, I'd say I come down in a different camp on Luke Cage than you did. Like I, I feel like it it was it was good and it but it still suffered from a bit of the pacing issues that the first one did like it. it it lingers on one idea for a long time. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I think Brian and I talked off air about Luke Cage when I said I feel like it could be three or four episodes shorter than the season was. Yeah. Um, like, it, like the, all those shows, they end up going back to not even per se plot points, but like character co- internal conflicts. Yeah. And they just linger on those for way too long sometimes um i i did enjoy it but i actually i i was i feel a little bit opposite that i actually after the last specifically the very last episode of luke cage i was i i was like i don't know where they could go from here if this is where we're starting the next part this doesn't sound intriguing at all see it sounded very un luke cage to me and that was interesting where they left I it. think they could have ended it differently <sighs> as opposed to the route they took. Same general idea of ending. I'm trying not to be spoilery here for Andy, so I'm going to say the same general idea of the ending, but not take that little bit of a twist to it and just leave it be the end of the series. And boom, we're done. Yeah, if it was a, if we knew going in it was a series finale, sure, but being the end of a season and expecting a third season. No, no, no I'm saying like that's what I'm saying. Like if they were going to end that series right there and not like remove that little bit that you're talking about the kind of not Luke Cage like take that part out but leave everything else the same and it it's like alright you can end there yeah I guess I could see that 
Because I, I mean, I really think that both of those seasons had a better villain. I think, I think the Luke Cage season two actually had a pretty good villain, and season two of Iron Fist had a pretty good villain too, compared to past seasons. I would agree. I think Bushmaster was a much better villain than Diamondback. Um, yeah, Diamondback was very la- lackluster to me. Um, I thought Copperhead was great in the first season, but Diamondback, eh, not so much. And I thought Bushmaster was Cottonmouth, more... not Copperhead. Ah, yeah, Cottonmouth. I'm like Copperhead. Ah, the snake is <laughs> CO with the same difference. <laughs> All right, so just spinning off from, you know, we've sort of given rough estimates, and or not estimates, but rough reviews of what we sort of thought of the shows. Um, do we think these characters are ever going to pop up again? Do you think these series are done and we'll never see Luke Cage and uh, Danny Rand again? Or do you think where they're going to pop up in other either Marvel Netflix shows? Or do you think these cancellations will lead to the announcement of some sort of team-up show? Because Heroes for Hire, I feel like, has been talked about for a while, but... I haven't heard anything of that show actually happening. So how how popular was The Defenders? That underperformed from what I read. It, it didn't... It was kind of lackluster for me as well. Because Netflix doesn't release viewer numbers, so it's hard to tell. But just based on, I think, like, general reaction and stuff, yeah. I think... Yeah. I think uh, Defenders seem to fall over. Yeah, the everyone that I talked to was game. just kind of like, yeah, you know, like... It was all right. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I think people I, were, were I, expecting I, a lot more out of it. Yeah, that's yeah, cause the, the promos I had with it is like I had very high expectations for it, and then when I watched it, I was like, huh. Well, yeah, for a couple of, years of build-up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think sort of what Josh was leading toward with some of these seasons, like some of the pacing and some of the episodes just felt very slow. Like, it was a shortened season at eight episodes, but it could have probably got truncated to six and still been, fu- like, better, tighter. I w- and, and in that one case, I was hoping, like, if they had refocused a bit, that is one that I would like to see go for closer to ten. Like, I okay. I wanted to see a lot more... Like, here's all these people's abilities, and you rarely had enough action sequences of like daredevil and luke cage just fighting side by side yeah like that's what they needed to plow into more um i don't know i i i I think part of it is like again devil's in the details of these agreements is it netflix's decision not to move forward with it does it have to be a joint uh, decision between them and Marvel Television. Does Marvel Television hold all the marbles? Because the easy explanation is they want to grab these characters back and end these contracts with Netflix so that they could potentially have it for the Disney Plus app. Right. That's the easy answer. The wrinkle in that, though, at least from what I've read, is that since the Marvel Netflix shows veer towards more of a mature audience, Disney does not want that type of stuff on their streaming platform. They want it PG-13 and below. That's crap. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, I didn't think of that. When I when I think of, like, the Loki show, yeah, I probably didn't expect it to go as realistic or dark as Jessica Jones or Daredevil were produced, but... I don't know. I guess I don't think of them... I don't really think of those Netflix shows as that adult. I mean, I guess at times, especially Jessica Jones with like some of her sexy times, 
but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It... I don't see the inability for any of them to be altered to that just that little step down that it would take from where they're at now to fit yeah. into that Disney PG-13 mold. And I think it would yeah, actually I'm not it couldn't be, done. be a step in the right... I just don't know if they'd do it or not. Well, and I, was, I think it's a step in the right direction for the shows themselves. Maybe not for Daredevil, maybe let that be what it is. But I think... The biggest, I think, problem for me is that between those four shows, I guess five if you include Defenders, is that the tone feels so similar in all of them. It, like, the, the it just... And I feel like I don't want the same tone in all four of those shows. I want them to have their own feel, and I feel like they were that that started to what really wore down on people watching them is kind of the same thing that wore down on people watching Zack Snyder movies. Is they just have that same heavy all the time tone to every episode all the time, and it's like, <sighs> like it becomes a little much. And I think getting a more Disney-fied tone to perhaps a Heroes for Hire show would be fun. Yeah. Even if Andy, it's sorry. really different from what they've already done. Andy, tell me again, uh, which which have you seen and not seen of season twos? Um, did Jessica Jones do a season two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, yeah. I did see that. Okay. That was like late last year that came out. I uh, that was not last year. That would have been twenty. Oh well, yeah, I guess, yeah. That would have been twenty seventeen. Yeah. I did not see Iron Fist season two, and I did not see Luke Cage. Oh okay. And I did not okay. see Daredevil three. Okay, so you, you okay? So you basically saw call it phase one, like everything up through the Defenders. Did you yeah. see Punisher? Yeah. I no, Je- no. Je- Jessica Jones was this year. It was March. Yeah. She was in March. Yeah, okay. yeah right. So then, there were four this year. Then Luke, yeah, was in June. And then, yeah, you're right. Um, and then, I'm sorry, I just cut you off after I asked you that question. Did you see, uh, did you watch The Punisher? Oh, I just answered it. Yeah, I did watch that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All right. So, yeah, we got up through Defenders and then Punisher. Okay. Uh, I mean, based on where you left off, um, if, if you've had the least exposure so far to the storylines, is there... Like, knowing that they're, at this point, they are not going to continue with those separate properties. Um, is there anything else that you think, like, another way you think you could potentially see them utilizing them, but keeping them there? Like, could they reform it? Like, other, other than, say, Heroes for Hire, is there, like, another way you think they could reform using all those people? No. You don't think they? I I I don't, I don't think they could either. Like in the way, like do you think they could? They couldn't be like a supporting character on Jessica Jones, or I mean, Luke Cage kind of was at first. He was, yeah, a he, he was in quite a few episodes of Jessica Jones season one, which made me excited to watch Luke Cage. And thought Luke Cage was, season one was pretty good. So, and there's an episode of Luke Cage season two that makes you feel like, oh, Heroes for Hire would be a really fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was hoping that was going to carry through more, and it felt more like either a remembrance, either like a tease, like, we might do this, we don't Right, know. that's what I thought that was going to lead toward, is something or, like that, yeah. Or it made me remember, like, we're going to release Iron Fist in a couple of months, 
we would really love you guys to watch it because <laughs> uh, we know how much you all hated the first one. And maybe if we give you this little taste of these two together, it'll feel different to you. And so when we Which it did, and it did, it very much did. It, it it even felt different from when they were on screen a lot together in Defenders. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know if that was more like, if we'll leave the breadcrumbs, please follow us, please, dear God, follow us to season two of Iron <laughs> Fist. So just to throw it out there is another potential reason. Um, we have the end of phase four coming up. So. Or phase three. Phase three. I'm sorry. Yeah. We have the end of Avengers phase three, four. the beginning. Yeah. 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 The beginning of phase four, the end of phase three coming up. And Marvel has just acquired the X-Men. Okay. And they have just acquired the Fantastic Four. They've acquired all these things. What that makes possible as a run into phase four for them to put together is the team of the new Avengers. Um, now, New what? Avengers was its own series, and I believe the first team of New Avengers included Luke Cage, Wolverine, it, it, Spider-Man. It, it was led by that core group. Jessica Jones played a big part. Um, and see, I think it's going to be highly unlikely if we're going to see these guys jump from a Netflix series to a big screen. I movie. don't know that we're going to see them jump. I think we may get recasted in new characters. Mm. See, I, I don't know if I like it, but I'm saying I think that leads them down the path they need to go, the new Avengers, because we're going to be losing the Avengers. Right, but I think that was the second round of characters we've got movies from, like Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel. That's going to be your new team of Avengers, not the TV guys coming over. Oh, that's why I was saying I don't think it's necessarily the TV guys at all. I'm saying Luke Cage and Jessica Jones played a part in the new Avengers, but it was also Spider-Man. It was also Wolverine, a character we don't have recast or any idea what they're going to do with yet. Um, Beast, the Scarlet Witch, these were like your core new Avengers when they first came around. And I could see that being the direction they try to take things is that I don't see Doctor Strange being an Avenger. When they ever do the team-up Avengers movies, you'd, you'd be damn sure he's going to be there. Yeah, but I don't see him joining the team, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't see him being an Avenger. He's, he, he never really has been an Avenger. He's always... I mean, whether they're considered part of the team or not, I feel like if they're in the Avengers movies, they are an Avenger. For cinematic like it's purposes, just an, I, yeah, I it's just an excuse to get these characters together in a right, movie. Right, for cinematic purposes, he's there, but he's not on the team. Like, officially, yeah, he's even, not, even, you know, knighted the way Spider-Man was as, okay, you're a kid, you're an Avenger. Um, yeah, because I feel like the exception is the, the opening of Avengers 2, when they are the team of Avengers. I don't think, I don't know if we're going to see that. And Like, I feel like everybody's going to go split their separate ways after every Avengers movie. They're going to do solo movies, and then something's going to happen to pull everybody back together in another team-up movie. That seems to be the formula. Right, and and I don't necessarily think that that formula is necessarily wrong. or And I don't think that you're wrong about what you're saying on the formula. But there needs to be a new team. And we don't know who all's going to survive. We don't know the future of the Guardians at this point. We know they're going to make a Guardians 3. 
But beyond that, I don't know what's going to happen with that franchise. Yeah. Um. But to say that, you know, they don't need something like a retitling, a new something to go on for the Avengers team to be accepted or to be a new storyline because they really have to reset. It can't be, I think, the same thing just over again. I think it needs to be a reset on how the formula works as well. I don't think we can have a 10-year build-up again to another big Avengers movie. I think it would be much better played to have a two- and three-year build-up for the next few phases to the big movie, as opposed to having, like I said, the Thanos build-up. Have a two- or three-year build-up to these, you know, Secret Invasion. Have a two- or three-year build-up to Galactus, to Doctor Doom, to, you know, Onslaught. Something along those lines, as opposed to the giant build-up and the giant movie. And, I don't know, I think it would play well to take that turn and take a couple of those characters back. But... Yeah, I can see where you're going. I I don't know if my thought is that involved, but it could... Could it potentially be that since they now have the mutants back and Fantastic Four people affected by environmental factors that have enhanced abilities and whatnot. Maybe they just don't need characters like Luke Cage and Iron Fist anymore. They just have other people who kind of came across things in somewhat similar ways or they're, you know, modified people enough that they feel like, okay, well, we have enough boxes checked in that realm now. We just don't need them. You talk about on TV and movies? Yeah. Or... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could be a point where, you know, sort of oversaturation for Netflix, where they just throw so much stuff on the service that people can't... Obviously, most of us are, you know, half of us are behind on these shows. We can't keep up with the rate that they're putting them out. Mm-hmm. They released Iron Fist and Daredevil a month apart. That does not give you enough time to finish Iron Fist and then get to Daredevil. For most people, no. Unless that's all you're watching. Right. It, like, if, if, right. if those Netflix Marvel shows are your life, then yeah, you've got time, but... So spacing them out is the better way to play that, I think. Same way with the movies, spacing them out a little bit. Well, movies get, you know, what, they're like four months apart, five months apart-ish? Which I think is fine. A movie doesn't... It's a one-time sit. It doesn't feel like a homework assignment where, like... That's true. I gotta yeah. slog Two hours as opposed thir- to 13 hours of a show. Right. Uh, you know, like, I got all this to sit through. When most of it, at this point, you know their formula. You know the middle six or seven episodes are complete fluff. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue for me with watching the shows is that I they just lose me midway through a season. And I'm like, well, even- I can watch the first three and last three and get the same effect. I think actually the second season of Iron Fist was short. That was like 10 episodes instead of 13. Uh, they cut that one down too. That may get me to watch it. Which I think that one played better. I mean, I'm not saying there's no filler in there. There probably was a little bit still, but there was less filler than probably some of the other seasons. Mm-hmm. And it's still, I mean, one of the other casualties to, 
to mention too is that if these shows go and we don't see these characters return, we're losing Colleen Wing and Misty Knight in both of these shows too, which are fantastic characters to play with. And they do a great job in both of those shows when they pop up. So hopefully if these characters and these shows come back, whether it's, you know, the Disney service or something, they bring uh, Colleen and Misty with them too. Cause that they, they need to continue. Luke, Luke Cage season two. Does that happen after defenders? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming Misty think... Knight is in that. Mm-hmm. She's in, yeah. She makes an appearance in Iron Fist season two and she is in Luke Cage season two. Yeah. She is, in my opinion, some of the best part of what has come out of those shows. Yeah. I liked her in season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's great. And Colleen is a very redeeming factor for Iron Fist. Yeah, she was. Danny can get annoying, but Colleen's pretty oh, fucking cool. He's... Yeah, he's a little butt white. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. He wipes oh, I the butts of others. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't heard butt wipe since like 96. Thanks for that. <laughs> We're throwing it back. We're talking about AOL, butt wipes, home video releases. I, I, yeah, I think the last time I heavily heard that used was like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> um, all right, so I think on butt wipe, we should probably wrap it up. Anything, <laughs> anything to add for these? I, I'm... I mean to watch these. I just haven't gotten to them. Yeah, we know you're behind on stuff between your your movie list and your your, your Netflix shows. Yeah. It's harder, but hey, it's harder to make those balances though. Like I told someone, like during the month of October, um, we like at least for me, like I opt to watch Halloween movies during the month as opposed to like we waited till after Halloween to start house on haunted hill or like sarah watched she's been sick i said so she i just found out right now when i looked she watched all 10 episodes of sabrina today (laughs) that's what my wife's uh, watching too currently like while we're podcasting but she's been even even watching the last few she has asked me for the last two weeks if i was interested in it (laughs) and she just elected at some point today to just rip through them um, you know, it, did you say was, you were interested? Did yes. you tell her to wait? Or <laughs> like I thought we were. I thought we were gonna do. We we're we're in the middle of Daredevil, so I thought that's what we we're gonna do afterward. We did House on Haunted Hill after Halloween, and then got into Daredevil, and then Sabrina would be next. And when I got home, and I'm like making dinner, watching the TV, I'm like, "Is is this Sabrina?" She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and I just checked. I was hoping I'd be done before you got home, and you wouldn't notice that I watched them all without you. Ten episodes, an hour apiece. <laughs> um, that's dedication, but, I mean, but that's the thing. Is Hopefully, she have... liked it so she can rewatch it. Yeah, screw that. I'll watch a little more work. <laughs> uh, but I, um... right? You know, the difference is: do you put ten to thirteen hours into one show when you can watch five to six movies? Right, and you know, so it's hard stories. if you're like, well, I have, I have all these things from this past year that I haven't gotten to yet, and maybe. You know, I got them cheap on sale. I got them from Redbox. I did a thing, whatever. I could rip through these four movies this week, or I could watch this one show and get kind of most of the way through it. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same struggle with 
video games. When I get to the end of the night, if I have two hours, I'm usually sitting in front of the TV with a video game as opposed to watching a TV show and getting caught up on that back catalog. Yeah. Yep. So I feel your pain. Um, all right. Uh, I think, again, good place to close it down. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. You can find us on Google Play now. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. The best way to get us... into contact with Brian is through Twitter. That Hey, I mentioned this the last episode. I actually figured out how to put the BG Super Friends Twitter account on my phone. So I see <laughs> notifications on my phone from that bitch. Now. That got me to make a Twitter account. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I saw you uh, like my, my Sea of Thieves rant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I went back and I read the Sea of Thieves rant that you know we had talked about it. You know, it being able to like poke Brian with like every fucking thing I want to with Brian and his super friends on Twitter. I'm perfectly fine with having a Twitter account to do that. Yeah, so far the only interaction I've had is with Mike on Twitter. But if anyone else <laughs> wants to interact with us on Twitter, that that would be a way to do it. it is, you can find Mike's Twitter handle on there too. Yes, unless you want to throw it out now on the show, uh, so they can find at you. Like a doll's eyes. Does it? Does that mean for? Does that stand for something? I don't know where you came up with that name. Oh, it's one of my favorite quotes from Jaws, from Quint, which uh, actually brings okay. me around to an idea that I had to once each show just give out the movie quote of the week. Um, and since it came up is uh, that I I can I can give the one I had planned, but I I can also just go with. Um, Quint is referring to his time on the USS Indianapolis after he, you know, ends up in the water and sees them. And he's talking about, like, the, the black, lifeless eyes of a shark. And he says, like, a doll's eyes. And it, to, to me, it's just, I don't know, Jaws is my favorite, maybe favorite movie ever. Probably. And, yeah. Nice. So, that's where that comes from. So there, you can find us all on Twitter. There's Mike's Twitter handle. But that, that actually starts with an uppercase I, just like Darth Bowie does. So it's actually like... I, uh, <laughs> oh, it's all fucking... That's why I couldn't tag you in the first thing I tried to tag you in, because it wouldn't. I was trying to do an L. Yeah. It's an oh, I. Oh, God damn it, Mike. I'm sorry. The actual L beginning to it was taken. So I... See, that's what happens when you come to Twitter late. Yep. But I, it still looks like it says <laughs> what I want it to say, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> All right, so you can find Mike at Ike Doll's Eyes, and uh, you can find us at BG Super Friends. <laughs> Anyone else throwing out Twitter handles? You stay anonymous. No, no I, I mean you can Twitter. Yeah, you can probably message me I'm at the Druid seventy nine. Yeah, you can find his Sea of Thieves rant, which is good. Yeah. Did you ever get any feedback from that? Did anybody ever no, comment, no comment besides us? Talk. I don't know if they how often they see that kind of stuff. If they'd say, "Hey, we're working on it," just to shut you up. No, they're not working on shit. You know what? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go on very soon and just put a get good scrub in there just to stoke the fire <laughs> a little bit. Have you played Sea of Thieves since that rant? Negative. <laughs> I stand strong, man. You you are you hold true to your beliefs. I love it. Um, All right, so on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.